0: what's up everybody uh welcome to fairly normal i'm fucking psyched to be here man in atlanta georgia with my buddy now you say your name together without a pause like when you introduced (laughs) yourself today at lunch today the reason that woman said what is because you said it like this yeah you say it without a pause
1: koi bowls yeah yeah well uh it's like it's
0: one whole name (laughs) there's the pause uh, in between there (laughs) i say josh wolf and you go koi bowls yeah koi bowls
1: yeah, like like they cookies. Butt. Like, if you're like, hey, <laughs> you get me. You know what?
0: <laughs> get me some milk. Oh, and get those koi bowls out of the fucking yeah. freezer. I put them, I it's bought them funny, from the Girl
1: Scout. It's like, uh, it's a cool name. I mean, I, I enjoy having it now because uh, when I was a kid, I hated it, dude.
0: I hated it.
1: But uh, like, I have our buddy Chef Rusty. You know Chef Rusty. Yeah. yeah. So Chef Rusty is the guy who's on the road with the band. And um, oh, by the
0: way, the Zach Brown band, you play guitar, keys, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. Yep.
1: Right, music. Uh, so, uh, Chef Rusty cannot say my name, and we've been friends for like almost 10 years, and if you put a gun to his head and like, say Coy's name, full name, he will not be able to say it. What would name. he say?
0: Coy Bulls? <laughs> okay. Or uh, Boyles? Now, I went, to, I went to college in Texas, and um, I had never left Massachusetts before. Really? I mean, a little bit, but not really. So, I didn't know that people were going to have trouble saying Massachusetts. Ah. So for four years, my roommate said, "What is it again?" I go Massachusetts, and he goes Massachusetts. <laughs> I go no, It's Mas- like you're getting all the all the sounds right. You're yeah. just kind of flipping them around a yeah. little bit. Che- Massachusetts, Chew-sets. Massachusetts, <laughs> no, Massachusetts. It's just like I, you know, I don't know if you know this about me. I owned a Mexican restaurant slash bar in Seattle years ago. I did not know that. What was it called? Lobo Loco the crazy wolf yeah. right so uh, um my the chef he would call me yash yeah and but he would t- say that his brother went to the university yeah and i was like hey man you're saying all yeah you, you got everything right you just yeah just pretend my name starts with a u yeah and that university starts with a j yeah. and you're gonna get it you're yeah, gonna yeah. get it the yeah, english is gonna yeah but he for whatever reason would not stop calling me yash that's awesome and university? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you go to that university? Do you call me a Jew right in front of my face? Um, That's awesome, buddy. So I've known you now for going on five, six years. Yeah, probably maybe longer
1: than that. Maybe like seven years. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I will tell you, just as a jumping-off point for everybody listening, um, it's a thrill for me whenever I see you guys live, and I'm, I want to get your a little bit of your opinion on this. It's a film because I know all you guys, and I've said this: it's a true thrill of my lifetime to watch people I consider to be friends to actually living out their dream. Like we we are lucky enough not only to live out our dreams, but to know other people, surround ourselves. When did that fucking sink in for you, where you were like, "Oh shit, this is happening"? Was it? Uh, did you have an inkling um, when you guys? F- First wrote the songs off of the fa- the uh, the first album. Were you like, oh, this is gonna be a fucking great album, or did was it a little longer after that?
1: I mean, dude, I don't even still know if <clears throat> if I can wrap my head around it. Really, you know, like what's happened to us is happens to like one in like thirty million people or something. You know, like I mean, it's yeah, like dude. how many guitar players are there out there? You know. The thing that I know that that I realized something was different was when I started hanging around with these dudes. Um, there was like you go to
0: who was the original band?
1: Uh, it was when I first started playing with them. Uh, John Hopkins was in the band. Uh, he had been there for a while at that point. Jimmy Demartini, Martini, the violin player, dude, he's a player. monster. Yeah, great dude. One of my best friends. Both of, everybody's one. Yeah, you know, one of my closest friends. But. Uh Jimmy's a, a, a really unique guy. Uh and um Zach obviously there was another guitar player and another drummer um at that point, Marcus Petrushka and uh Joel Williams. And
0: uh oh, so Chris is like is like the Ringo. Who's which one was Pete Best? Uh
1: well. <laughs> Uh, what happened to Marcus be- <laughs> got let go Joel got let go And then after that We had a, a drummer named Hound Brown Hound? Yeah, Hound Brown uh, For probably about a year and a half Two years And he had a lot of uh, family stuff Going on during that time And decided to come off the road Like his uh, his brother um, Ended up having like a terminal cancer and oh, I got this-
0: so many Hound Brown jokes I'm not going to tell now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: Hound's, so a, Hound's a How's awesome dude. Is that a, I, is that his real name, How? His name's John Brown, but right. uh everybody called him Hound. He's like one of these kind of dudes you meet who was like born in like 19, you know, like 70, you know, he's probably 7 8 years older yeah. than I am. Uh but there's a part of him that was born in like 1870.
0: <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Like You know, it's like for some reason he knows all this stuff about how to make like uh like soap out of fat and you Yeah, know one eat. of those guys. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. just like
0: I can make rope. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You can. Yeah, yeah. So he was one of those dudes. Uh, really cool guy. Great drummer. He just, uh, you know, uh, had a lot of family stuff going on. So anyway, uh, Chris came in after that. But when I first met the guys, uh, my band w- was made up of a bunch of dudes who wanted to be great musicians. Right. The Koi Bowl was in the Fellowship. Was a band that I was playing with. It was my I fronted the band. It was my own thing. I wrote all the music. Uh, had great musicians from Atlanta playing with me. But what would happen was we'd go and play gigs and the guys would – somewhere along the way they weren't as focused on, like, the bigger, like, pitcher as I was, you know, like the guys in my band. Some of them were younger. Like, the saxophone player that was playing with us at the time was, like, 19 years old. I mean, you know, like – so, I mean, you know, how much do you know at 19 years old? So it's like nothing that was really anybody's fault. It's just that when I met the guys in the Zach Brown band – They had like a trailer and then it had containers with like, you know, a hundred nine volt batteries in case anybody's pedal ran out. We got a bucket of nine volt batteries. So there's nothing stopping the show. There was a, there was a bucket of extra cables. There's a bucket of extra extension cords.
0: Where were they as a band? Like at that point in time playing in
1: front of a hundred people in bars.
0: And were they a popular Georgia band at that point in time? yet? Yeah, yeah,
1: they were making. Uh, they were you know doing the Southeast Loop, you right. know, mostly outside of a perimeter of Atlanta and inside a perimeter of Atlanta. But you know, so they,
0: as far as is this area, people, if you had mentioned the Zach Brown band back then, people have been like, "Oh yeah, I saw them." But yeah. people kind of knew who they were. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was they were definitely had a buzz going on as far right. as being a band that was was stuff was happening. You know, and I saw them. And realized, like, one, I went to school with Zach when I was um, probably 19 years old in West Georgia. So I knew him from being younger and going to college, you know. Um, We were, like, never best friends or anything, but I would see him in, you know, the bar. And we would say, what's going on? And I might would, you know, play a Sean Mullins tune with him or something like that or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, We were in different circles, though, as far as in the college scene. Um,
0: Wait, both Georgia Southern?
1: No, it was a. West Georgia, West Georgia, yeah, in uh, kind of like in the west side of Georgia. That's near probably Alabama. Why. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why they gave it that name, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Probably enough. laughs> uh, yeah, that's they do some learning over yeah. there. <laughs> All
1: right, it was a it was a a, a weird time for me. I mean i uh, I was where I found out that I took music a lot more seriously than uh, than the people around me. You know, when I was younger, I started playing. Was going to school for biology. It was like six or seven months away from graduating college with a biology degree. It was probably like almost twenty two or whatever. A
0: biology yeah. degree? Yeah, yeah. Yo, if like, I looked up like if I was sick at all, and like the way we got a specialist coming in, and you walked in, I'd be like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "What?" I was doing like environmental science <laughs> okay, kind of stuff. Biology's yeah, like you know. Yeah, I'd be, not, like, you know, yeah, cross- I'd be like, "This dude, is this dude going to tell me something about my body?" I. Um. <laughs>
1: uh so, uh, yeah, I just, oh, man, I was in this place where I I knew that uh, I wanted to do something like heavy, you know, like I was ready to like break out of the cocoon and like transform because I had been, a little bit of a drive. Yeah, I was very, very driven, you know, but it was uh, also, man, I spent a long time growing up in a small town. Um, you know, I think I overall, like I enjoyed growing up in a small town. I enjoyed... My dad's friends and my mom's friends were awesome. They're kind of like, they're they're the first generation of hippies, you know. So, like, everybody, you know, had, like, good spirits. And everybody came from, like, hard-working families. And they knew, like, they were real humble kind of right. people. And they they also, like, had great senses of humor. And they knew how to, uh, like, party. They knew how to, uh, they knew they all had great, you know, um, music that they listened to.
0: Your What kind of uh, music did your parents listen to?
1: Like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Hendrix, Almond Brothers. That was the kind of stuff that was playing, like, on Sundays when we were, like, cleaning the house kind of thing, you know? But my mom was also very into new music. My dad
0: loved Jerry Jeff Walker. Yeah. Like, to this day, I listen to Jerry Jeff Walker a lot. And a lot of people are like, who? I'm like, you just got to. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, a lot of, uh, to me, I don't know why Jerry Jeff never got a, a bigger than... He is, but is I'm he a Texas guy? Yeah. He's yeah, Texas
1: I And mean, that's the thing with the Texas music is that there's a uh there's kind of like a small little yeah. Texas universe that they yeah. can live in. And they can be extremely successful. Dudes will be making millions of dollars touring around Texas. He doesn't really get out of Texas. Yeah, and then so that's why I think that uh, sometimes people don't know who they are. It's like if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, then it's probably because you're not from Texas.
0: I will tell you, man, you're the one who turned me on. Before everybody else got turned on to him, to Sturgill.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oddly enough, I don't really know how, but uh, there were some buddies in my hometown who got turned on to him, and I bought um, – somebody gave me a copy, actually a signed copy, that they had met him in a show of High Top Mountain, is that the first mm-hmm. time? And I listened to it and thought it was really good, and then uh, modern Sounds of Country Music, uh, I got a copy of it. And that song, um, I think it's called Just Let Go. Yeah. Was I Woke Up Today, Decided to Kill My Ego. Man, I listened to that that first line, and there hasn't been a song that I connected with like that in a really long time. And there was just something about the whole idea of, like, I read up about exactly what he was talking to, because I kind of go in and out of reading about uh, uh, Eastern philosophy and studying Buddhism and, you know, and kind of these whole – concepts of trying to you know seek a, a better way of life through being basically more at peace with yourself kinda yeah. thing, you know so um anyway but the whole idea of bl- blast off to bardo in this place of you know flower and flower and lights in the sky i might be misquoting this song like yeah you know, it's, it's pretty close paraphrasing yeah. or whatever but I didn't know what Bardo was, but I guess it's basically basically like this place of in-between, you know, where it's like true nirvana can be where you're not in a body form. You're not in any kind of form. You're just out there being, and there's no suffering because of where you're at, you know? And just the whole idea of woke up today, decided to kill my ego, and then the whole song is basically talking about letting go and just kind of blasting off in his time and space and everything. I was like, dude! You
0: know what? Let's go do a bunch of drugs <laughs> yeah. in Yeah, let's go to Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. You know what's fascinating to me? And I guess, I don't know why, now that I'm thinking about it, why it should surprise me. But, okay, when you write a song, is it important to you that people know what you mean? Or do you just want them to take their own meaning from it? Right? Do You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. to hear that you research or look at his lyrics... Is it important to you to to know what he meant, or is it whatever you're taking from it? Does that question make sense? I mean, the only t-
1: there's no way of knowing what he meant unless I sit down and talk with him, which I've had a chance to talk with him, and I talked to him about that song before, and he was telling me that it basically came from doing DMT. <laughs> so that's not surprising, <laughs> really. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is it important he, to they, you
0: when you write a song that people know what you mean, or that they take away what they mean?
1: Uh. I mean, sometimes there's, I mean, that's kind of like, which came first kind of thing. I mean, it's one of those questions that can never be really answered.
0: Well, for me, right.
1: I think if you try to get it so on the nose to where there's no doubt of what, you know, what I mean, there's a point to that and there's a reason to do that. Right. And if I feel like that's what I need to do, then cool. But there's also kind of like leaving it to, you know, being somewhat ambiguous to where you kind of figure it out through whatever it means to you. And then that's cool too. But even if I, if I, in my person, you know, in my person, I think I just nail it directly on the head. And this is, there's no other way you could understand this in any other way. Somebody can still. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, no matter what you do, it's always going to be up for suggestion. I had, I
0: told, I told a joke once and I'm um, in a meet and greet line. Some guy goes to me, I know what you really meant by that joke. I'm like, what? And he was like, I know what you really meant. I'm like, did you hear the words? And he goes, yeah. I go, that's what they meant. Like, <laughs> don't yeah. dig too deep, period. Yeah. The, the soil is about three inches deep. Yeah. So once you get below that three inches, it's yeah. not me anymore. It's questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just get questions. <laughs> that, that shit ain't me anymore. But uh, I, what I was saying about- uh, uh, There's a
1: lot of like, uh, I try to write in this way of like um, the Da Vinci Code, you know, where yeah. it's like, if you listen to my three albums uh, at the same time. You know, um, then you can probably figure out like why the pyramids were made, or you know, some some <laughs> awesome shit like that. Um, How
0: long have you been writing
1: music though? Since I was a kid, man. I mean, uh, but you I, go deep, dude. I'm in
0: your, in your. Yeah, we're at my house right now in the studio, and. I don't know how many guitars are here. There's a stand-up bass. There's a full-on piano outside of the keyboards. There's a full-on piano. Yeah. Two organs. Two organs, a kidney, and a liver, <laughs> uh, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. Is that why we're here? Yeah. Uh, and the- <laughs> a bunch of dry ice. In the- <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> and an unconscious Chinese dude, which yeah. is the weird part. Uh, you got a, a, a soundboard. like This, yeah, this is-, is a real studio. Yeah. We're going to yeah.
1: record a comedy album down here, yes. man. Yes. You I You mean, hear it now. I He just said it. I've been trying to get him to do this shit forever. We're going to record. Well, the,
0: here's what I go back and I'm forth. like, I have a
1: real studio, dude. And he's like, I send him pictures and everything. And then he gets over. He's like, wow, you have a real studio. No, <laughs> it was never a question.
0: <laughs> it was never a question. Listen, my music is so basic. I know how to play G, C, and D. And so take I get to
1: that next level, that A minor, dude. But that's A
0: minor, E minor, where I'm going to fucking crush it. Yeah. Um, But... The like, songs in E minor, the end. That's it. I'm gonna, but you know, but most of my songs end up with something about titties, anyways. So it doesn't need a whole band. Yeah. But we're thinking about doing some Wheeler Walker Junior shit. Would add like a real song. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Dave Cobb produced that album with him. Uh, I know Dave. Dave's an Atlanta guy, actually, and uh, Dave comes from a place of like real musicianship. You know, like he can really play the guitar. He knows how to. He knows how to get other people who play real. Instruments and everything to produce an album. To you know, he did Sturgill's albums and stuff. He did the, the same guy who did Sturgill's, Modern Sounds and Chris Stapleton's and all that stuff. He's the guy who did Wheeler Walker. So that's why it has that theme. Yeah. And I know for you, you're probably thinking, "Well, I just played GC and D." I'm sure, like Wheeler Walker's not you know shredding Hendrix. I mean, you and, and I should
0: we could open up for Wheeler Walker, dude. Totally. How fun would that be?
1: I think it's awesome. I mean, it's one of the dirtiest, most uh, uh, but it's funny. But it's funny. It's funny. And it's I think funny. it's in a time and place in today, I think that sometimes stuff like that is good just to remind everybody to not take everything so serious. To me, it's like it's what like Andrew Dice Clay was. Yeah. It's so
0: far over the top. Yeah, it's like are you, that. you're
1: like, you can tell that it's a joke. And oh. if you get upset about it, then don't listen to it.
0: But that's my theory with everything, man When people, somebody after one of my shows I I, I use the word retarded And somebody has actually said to me something on On my podcast here Do you have to use that word? And my answer to that is Yes Yes, I will not be censored For one, it's not a slang word And it's not like It's actually, if you look up the word Retarded in the dictionary It's a word It's stunted learning do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: So... Which just has a, has another, like, m- life and meaning now, you know? But, dude,
0: the problem is, is that now, in today's society, this woman, who I'm sure is going to tweet me again, doesn't look... Doesn't think about the fucking context. I'm not saying anything bad about retarded people. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying... I'm I'm using it as a descriptor. Yeah. Yeah! Like, something stunning, Here's stunted. the thing, man.
1: If you were a doctor who, um, whose life was evolved around, um, you know, handling kids who had developmental disorders or something like that. Probably not a good word to walk in and start using and throwing around, but you're a comedian. Yeah. You have the, you, you have, this is the path that you've chosen. So your goal and your goal and your, your mission in life is to make people laugh and kind of... And
0: you know, uncomfortable, and, dude. And
1: hold a mirror yeah. up to people and go, look, it's not that big of a deal. And... And you get to use words like shit, piss, and yeah. whatever.
0: And but you know, it, hopefully by using the word actually in my brain, it takes the sting out of it a little bit. That's... And I'll tell you something else. You know, the people brings who... brings it back in it? Yeah, let's get a little <laughs> more sting in there. <laughs> let's get a but little Whatever. You know, the whole idea is that like...
1: I, I mean, I think comedy is a, is has a very important role in society. I think without it, we are doomed. And I think that it also does this reflective theme because comedy is an art. And once you start hanging out with comedians, you start really studying what goes on in, in the comedy world. People think that you're just born funny. You get up on stage and you just kind of dick around for, uh-uh. you know, an hour or whatever. But, like, this is some very thought out. You have to understand tension and release. You have to understand plot. You have to understand character development. You have to understand all these things because basically you're doing, like, miniature little movies, you know, and yeah. and release, uh, you know, in your routine or whatever. So, And I think that, you know, you look at some of the, like, Dave Chappelle, Man, like what he did with his TV show was groundbreaking in taking some tension yeah. and kind of letting through comedy, letting it dissolve it, you know, like the, the first show that he did where the uh the black guy was blind and was you know part of the Ku Klux K and yeah. didn't know it. You know, what i mean? it's like <laughs> dude, that is so so funny bonkers. Come on. So funny. Come on,
0: but there's a point Dude, watch Family Guy. Yeah. Watch Family Guy. Yeah. Family you can get guy, away with a lot
1: being a cartoon, yo, though. It,
0: it, cartoon and if you put something in a song. Yeah. And if you're a cartoon that sings something, you can fucking say whatever you want. Yeah, you're free. A singing cartoon? Oh, no. yeah. shit. you yeah, are. I was singing. I was singing it. It's I'm fun. a cartoon. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a talking dog. I can fucking <laughs> sing whatever I <laughs> yeah. want.
1: Really, you're going to get pissed about a talking dog?
0: No, but listen. Family Guy says some shit. They were the first Family Guy I ever watched. Stewie gets... He needs to get taken to the doctor, right? And he falls unconscious. He goes, take me to the doctor. And he falls unconscious. And what I also love about Family Guy is he does things, he holds beats for longer than he should. Oh, totally. So he's just laying there. And it, all he would have to lay there is for half a second, three seconds of silence and him out, yeah. and then he opens his eyes again. And he goes, and oh, make sure the doctor isn't black, and goes back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, what am I watching? Yeah, holy fuck!
1: Yeah, I, I love, I love the fact that they take it. I mean, that's kind of like my sense of humor growing up. I'm an only child, and so, like, the beat it over the head style of you know humor. Uh, I remember my mom decided to stay out of work one day and just stay with me at the house, you know? And like, cause we hadn't seen each other. She'd been really busy and she was like, I'm taking a day off. We're gonna hang and do whatever, you know? So like went to town, got ice cream, came back, you know, hanging out or whatever. And um, I started thinking it'd be really funny for when she told me to do stuff for me to be like, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. I was like <laughs> 11 or something, 12, you know? And so, and she's like, she thought it was really funny at yeah. first, you know? And then she'd be like, for real, do the dishes. I got to go do some other stuff. And I was like, all right, well, cool. I, I won't do them because I don't really know who you are right now. You know, you're just some lady in my house. How long and, were you
0: holding on to the bit?
1: Oh, dude, all day. <laughs> I went for it all day. You and hung on to onto the bit dude, all day. Dude, I hung on to it for so long. She looked at me and said, my mom's never like slapped me or, or anything in my entire life. She said, if you say it one more time, I'm going to slap you in your face. And I was uh, and I said, You can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. I mean, just barreled down. And so she goes to slap me and I dodge it and she hits her hand on the refrigerator. Oh, no. And breaks off like three or four of her nails. Oh,
0: no. Well, now you're getting hit for real.
1: Yeah. And so I take off running out in the yard. You know, I live in this like 30 acre, you know, farm kind of thing. So I go taking off in the yard and climb up this tree where I like, no, nobody can get me or whatever. (laughs) And then I stay up there for like three hours. And then I see my dad drive down the driveway. I see him go inside. Like twenty minutes passes by, and then you hear him like get on the front step, and he's like, Coy, get inside
0: now!" Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh god, here, here it comes! comes! <laughs> here it fucking comes!" Oh man, it's on! Yeah. yeah. And did you walk in? And you were like, "Hi, mom." Yeah,
1: I was like, "Oh well, you know, you see, like, uh, I know now that I took it too far, mm-hmm. you know." But uh, and, and how that I'm end all up? About, trying to push the the boundaries.
0: Uh. But you guys, by the way, you do it with your music, man. I mean, your last album arguably had five different genres of music on
1: it. Yeah, if not more than that. Yeah, for sure. But I think the last album was for some reason uh, we had kind of slowly kind of been pushing the envelope in these different directions. And yeah. we finally decided, like, collectively, like, let's just go for it. Let's try to write some pop songs. Like, Zach had gotten more into... Uh, Listening to electronic music, um, Diplo and um, Skrillex and guys like that.
0: Well, there's some great, uh, you did a cover at Fenway. Yeah,
1: well, of, um, what's the name of the tune? I know you're, I, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank.
0: I'm right? drawing a blank too. It's uh, Chainsmokers.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But you guys played the remix. Like, I was like, oh, it sounds like a remix, but they're actually playing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, you guys pushed the boundaries. And the first band that I can remember that has decided we're not going to stay in the in the box whether it's country or rock or whatever uh and and not only are you successful but look your shows and I tell everybody they're like and my brother's are like I'm not a huge country music fan I'm like that's not a country music concert Yeah it's not a country music I wouldn't concert I would say so Now no. you guys play some country music yeah. clearly Yeah but that's not a country music show and you No
1: have- I mean if you've ever been to uh Jason Aldean or Blake Shelton or something like that. It's a very, Yeah, it's a very different yeah. experience. And nothing against those guys. I mean, there's people who, when they go to see them, they get everything that they pay for. 100%. And that's killer. Yep. You know what I mean? To me, I decided a long time ago to where if you're on stage and people are playing money in large amounts and in large groups of people to come and see you, whatever you're doing, whether I like it or not, you're doing something right. Yeah. So I can't, I don't, you know, like...
0: Um, you know what Grohl said, what, he hosted Chelsea show for a week, Yeah. and um, one of the people on the show asked him a little bit, hey, how come you guys haven't changed your sound that much? And he goes, hey, listen, man, I have desire, and I do offshoots and different things, but I listen to my fans. Yeah. My fans like what the Foo Fighters play. Yeah. That's
1: the who- Three guitars cranked he, up. Yeah, he said- Dude, I got to sit in with the Foo Fighters. No! We played a Faces tune, which I'm a huge fan of the Faces. Where was it? Uh, It was in uh, Alabama at a show called The Hangout Fest, this giant festival that's down there, uh, which was killer. So they were playing on Friday, and we were playing on Saturday. So me and Clay, uh, Clay Cook, the other guy in the band, and our wives decided to drive down like a day earlier and hang out with Dave and the guys. And uh, when we got there, he was like, you got your guitar with you? And you were like, yeah. He was like, let's do a tune together. And I was like... Sure, that sounds great. No big deal.
0: <laughs> no big deal, dude. I, you were like, I just got to wear a shirt that is going to cover up my boner because I'm going <laughs> to yeah,
1: be pretty fucking totally. happy. I need a rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got
0: any two-sided tape. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. How was that?
1: Oh, it was killer, man. Can he, I ask there's you? There's a video of it happening. So Dave and I like have this. We did the girls' sessions together. Yep. And like halfway through the girls' sessions, like, I just decided that, like, everybody was kind of talking to him, but everybody was a little bit standoffish, you know, because they were like. He's such an approachable in, dude, man. Yeah, but they didn't want to get in his space. Right. And this was, like, day number two, and everybody's just kind of, like, you know, hanging out with him, being like, food's good, and it, man? You know, and so I'm, like, hanging out there, and I'm like, I've got, like, 120,000 questions that I want to ask him, because I was that dude. I mean, I was the guy who dressed like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. With the long hair yeah. and the thrift dollar, you know, thrift store clothes and all that stuff. And I knew that music inside and out. Like, I mean, I listened to those albums so many times that I had to buy CDs again. What's your
0: favorite Nirvana song?
1: Probably "Drain You." Really? Yeah, one, babe. It's oh, I know that one. Yeah. The reason why I like it so much is it was the first time that I ever improvised in my life. My band, when I was in like high school or middle school, or whatever, these three dudes that I grew up with. I had a you know a drum set and bass amp and guitar amp and a PA and stuff in my room when I was like really young. Yeah. And so we had a band and we saw them play that song on Saturday Live, and they play the song and then they go to this part where they just make noise and beat on stuff. Yeah. and Just scratch the guitar and go crazy, and then they go. <laughs> so they go back into the tune again, and I was like, okay, guys, I got to figure it out. We're gonna play the tune. We're gonna make noise. Then you go baka daga 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 da on the drums, and then we come back in after you do that eight times, and then we play the rest of the song. Like it'll be like so like and and we did it, and we just like tore up my room and like <laughs> knocked shit over and tried to you know I was like politely like. Pushing my the head of my guitar into my speaker cabinet, like I wasn't really like trying to break the speaker. No, board. but you were doing. Yeah, you, I was like, no, halfway. Yeah, yeah halfway. I'm rock halfway. it a little bit. So
0: I. Uh, so that
1: was the first time I ever did improvisation. Later on, I ended up going to school and getting a degree, studying jazz. But jazz,
0: jazz is a lot of improv, right? Yeah,
1: the whole thing is really based upon that. So I will I, tell
0: you something about jazz. I, look, I'll I listen to some Miles Davis in my car, um, but I like live jazz jam bands more than i do what i'm actually li- do you know what i mean like i've been to kansas city and gone to a couple after hours places where they're just jamming and it's i guess it's to me it's closer to blues which is why i like it yeah yeah, yeah.
1: I, that's the part of jazz i really get m- involved with more like i was always way more attracted to anything that felt bluesy yeah and like i could be in a bar in memphis and they'd be playing then i would go in to listen to some stuff in new york and it was <laughs> yeah. you know, it's that. It's I man. like that stuff too Don't get me wrong But I connect with something that's based around That kind of down home gritty bluesy kind of thing But you, you
0: is, know you can kind of feel that in your music You know I, uh, so when I go and watch you guys I I watch you because I know you right yeah. You know what strikes me About all you guys, which is one of the reasons why, and I told you when I saw that show, and you guys played Dress Blues, there were people weeping and holding each other in their crowd. So,
1: for the guys listening, we played Fenway. Yep. And this um, uh, guy who was a World War II veteran came out, and he was, I think, 94?
0: As they were playing Dress Blues.
1: As we were playing Dress Blues, which is a song that Jason Isbell wrote. Uh, maybe one I of the best. I fucking love him. Yeah, dude. He's dude, so as good. a
0: songwriter, yeah. I'm like, I fucking love that
1: dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that song—he's is- one of the best, man. I really think that you know, he's uh, he's in a great place, man. Uh, I don't know him like I'm not best friends or anything, right. but I I have enough um, you know interaction with him over the years to where uh, he played on my last album, kind of thing, you know.
0: But here's what strikes me, man, and what I like the way. Uh, and I guess the way what people would consider to be country is going is that there's like real musicians and like between you guys and Isbell and Stapleton and Sturgill, there's some people like writing real music that isn't about grabbing your cooler. And, you know,
1: I mean, dude, as far as I'm concerned, I think that
0: there's a place for all of it.
1: And I agree with that. And I, and I definitely hear the people saying that country music used to be, more you know like um what's the word like uh, it used to be a deeper bucket like in the 90s and stuff like that but there also used to be billy ray cyrus dude and he was huge do you know what i equate this to Achey breaky heart is not
0: no it's not but i equate i equate the the bro country to 80s hair metal i that's what i put it and i by the way Love 80s hair metal. Yeah. you. Uh, get I get mean, me on I board. Just, I just, yeah.
1: uh, my whole thing is like just keep instead of.
0: I like the full circle is what I mean. It's yeah. like Because I, if you look at my. I got Blake Shelton and Luke yeah. Bryan. But I like it when there's a complete circle of music. Yeah. And for a while there didn't seem to be that complete circle.
1: Sure. Do you I know mean, what I mean? Different people have different opinions about all this stuff. People, Some people get really bent out of shape about it. Like Sturge was just, you know, said all this stuff about the ACMs and you know, because of Merle Haggard passing away and then they did a Merle Haggard award. He just ca- caused like kind of a, a big, not stink or whatever, but like, uh, you know, he, a lot of dust got kicked up yeah. about him having comments. And in the past, people have had, you know, opinions about uh, different things. I mean, Jason Aldean's dad is from my hometown. I know his dad very well. I know Jason kind of. Mm-hmm. Been to shows backstage and said hey to him and hung out with his dad and all this stuff and know how he came up. He came up just like we did with his dad basically taking him around to open mics and forming a band around him and taking him when he was like 15 to 18 years old all over the southeast. And, you know, he cut his teeth like in the bars getting beer spilled on him, you know, and getting paid 25 bucks kind of thing. So if it was one of those kind of things to where I thought that he didn't, you know, like had earned it or whatever else, then I I would, would have a different opinion about it. But he's also one of those dudes who uh, has always been super nice to me. He's always...
0: Uh, Dude, don't get me wrong, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, well hold uh, on. Well, let okay. me... Uh, so there's,
1: there's, just, there's a thing about it to where um, he, when he did um, Brian Adams, they did a crossroads together. And he sung some of those songs that like you and I would have like listened to on the radio and like the one that was on Robin Hood and all yeah. this stuff. These Everything tunes are like Yeah, like like massive pop yeah. ballad kind of hits. Thing. Jason Aldean sung those and I shit you not, he sounded as good if not better than Brian Adams himself, which I was really blown away. I was like, dude, this guy can really freaking sing. You
0: kind of got that from that little bit that I sang just yeah, then. Yeah,
1: yeah. You were I was like, I don't know if that's Brian Adams <laughs> or Jason but Whatever you say. Yeah, if you close your eyes, when yeah. you listen
0: back to this, you close your eyes, that's going to take you You're somewhere. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so, uh,
1: you know, and I think he's just, I think, you know, it's, it's such a complicated thing, man. Everybody's dude, out there dude, trying to, no, to I'm get am And then there's a point where it's like you give the fans what they want, and if that's what's selling, then you keep going down that path because who in the hell wants to be obsolete? And then there's people who are more, think about it more like as an artist point of thing where – they're not really trying to think of it like as much of a business, and you know, to each their own. Man, I think that here's where I've came down to in the last like little while, and this is a bonkers thing, but I'm about to have a kid, and I'm I've been like. Re- By the way, send
0: me it. that video, the one we were talking about at lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The,
0: but, <laughs> moving on.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a there's a part of my. Of my my existence now to where, man, it just none of it really matters that much. Yes, the, I mean you start looking at, you know, five years ago we didn't really have cell phones in our pockets the way we do now. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years from now, our car is going to be driving ourselves. The music that we're making now makes people feel good, and that's a and that's an awesome thing. But in the grand scheme of things, like everything's moving so fast to where just like whatever you like that makes you happy. Listen to it because we're all going to be dead in sixty years or whatever, anyway. You know, yeah. I mean? not everybody. I mean, obviously there'll be progressive life going on, but no, 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 everybody's dead like... in sixty years. We're breaking the news here, <laughs> yeah. just so you know. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> we found out today <laughs> yeah. that everybody's dead in sixty years. So I'm cool with that because I'm, I'm going to be dead almost forty. <laughs> yeah. So well, I he, never thought I'd live to be a hundred anyway.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And so when I meant that, and like I said, I have been to a couple of those concerts. And they're fun, man. Yeah. What I meant is, I enjoy now that there's a little bit more of a full circle. So now, Mm. because I'm a huge fan of stories and listening to what people are experiencing in their lives, sure. I'm also a huge fan of. If you're a fan of
1: songwriting, there's no doubt that those
0: guys are your guys. But but my point is that like I like it all. So what I, if you're a
1: fan of getting blasted off your frame out in the country field, yeah. You know, and trying to get laid because you're 17 years old. I'm sure that, like, you know, versus like we were talking about, the, like it's a numbers game. Yeah. You could put on like the greatest hits of Chris Stapleton and Jason Isbell and those guys and the chances of getting your young lady friend with short shorts like turned mm. on to where Florida, it's Florida Georgia happen, Line. Yeah. Yep. You got to, you know what
0: Florida, I mean? Florida Georgia so Line. Like, I, Florida Georgia Line. I just get it. My thing is this, and, and listen, as a comic, I've had conversations with other comics about this, which is hey, that person's job is to entertain the people that come to see him or her. Yeah, It's none of your fucking business what their jokes are. It doesn't matter if you like them or not. He's not there to entertain you. He's doing his job. And what I love about art is that it's a huge pie. Yeah. And that you can take whatever piece you want. Yeah, But that doesn't mean you have to shit on the other pieces of the pie.
1: Yeah, I just say if you don't like it, then don't listen to it. And then just like, if you think that it's If you think that there's somehow another some kind of tradition going on that you feel like you need to preserve, then I get that. And I and I yeah, but dude, it's just like the people who say
0: to me that fucking Carrot Top. I'm like, you go into a toy closet and make an hour act. Yeah. You fucking do that. Yeah. Anybody who goes fucking Carrot Top has never seen them live. I guarantee. Have you ever seen Carrot Top live? Oh yeah dude is fucking
1: funny man i've liked him since the beginning oh, dude. dude yeah he's,
0: you I, if you go see your carrot top show you're gonna leave like i gotta admit that dude is fucking funny yeah you see he made that helicopter into a person and it flew out of his asshole like yeah, yeah. you're like that's amazing right? yeah 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 Yeah, so i'm with you man art is subjective um there's Can no w- get so emotionally attached to it and that's the thing that i've kind well, of they get like- emotionally attached to music well Not yeah so much to my art
1: I, well I think well I totally disagree actually man it's it's a different kind of attachment you get attached to preserving music you want like the you want to preserve the 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 leg- legacy of Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and their craft and you want to see that kind of keep going and as far as I'm concerned it is music's just changed man over the last seven years, You and I used to buy CDs. We used to physically hold something. That wasn't that long ago, was it? No, it was ours. You know, we own this. Now, kids don't care about owning it because as long as they have access to it, why would I want to have it in my car? Yeah. I can just pull it up at any time that I want to. So why carry all the stuff? And I totally agree. Why carry it around with you? So we don't realize that like Waylon Jennings was a long time ago and Willie Nelson's still alive and... There's Sturgil Simpson and there's Chris Stapleton and there's no longer CDs and things are streaming now and it's just a different way. So like just go listen to the shit that you like and enjoy it. Where do you But hold on this yeah. is the thing when you're talking about comedy, uh I think that you guys I think people do get affected by you guys and affected, get, and, yes.
0: But the emotional attachment, music brings you I'm not playing dress blues and forty thousand people are crying. Yeah. Like, there's the emotional but attachment. But you can say
1: something and, and that many people cry laughing, though.
0: Yes, but the emotional attachment. Think about the attachment you have to your favorite songs. You don't have that to a joke. You don't. It doesn't bring you back to a place that elicits in, that type of feeling. See, I, you.
1: Can, I, I, think, I think comedy affects me as much, if not more, than music does. Well, you're a funny dude, man. The You're Kenny Powers dude. stuff, dude, when Kenny Powers came down, yeah. I completely changed my <laughs> sense of humor because I thought it yeah. was so funny. That dude is and, super funny. And for weeks, months, people were like, Have you noticed he's like an asshole now? And I, th- I was just like, No, you haven't seen the show, dude. I'm like, Doing the show, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to be like Kenny Powers. It's funny, dude. You know? So it, there's, and th- it's some of the Dave Chappelle stuff, dude, like, I still quote just as much as I walk around singing. Whistling, don't worry, be happy in my head since I was a kid and I first heard the tune. I still walk around, you know, and, uh, you know, like the scene where he like beats up, uh, what's his name for getting like, uh, Charlie Murphy where they beat up, um, um, what's the seventies, uh, disco guy, Rick James, Rick James, when he like got mud (laughs) all on their new couch, dude, (laughs) you know, like I
0: still think of, wait, so you the don't worry, be happy, right? That's interesting. Is there a song that when you heard it, you were like, "Man, I wish I had fucking written that one"?
1: All of the Jason Isbell stuff. Really? I, I, when I listen to his why stuff, why is that? Why? Because he's from the South. There's stuff that he wrote. A song called uh, "Outfit." Uh-huh. Don't call it what you wear wearing "outfit." Yeah. And there's this, there's a line in there. It says, uh, "Me and your mother made you in the back of um, of this car." But in the, there's a line in there. I'm not gonna be able to quote it exactly, but it said. Uh, uh, 302 Mach 1 in green. Yeah. And the my favorite part of like my dad's stories and all his friends talking stories like when we get around the fire and get a couple beers in and everybody starts talking about what it was like growing up back then is they all drove bitching ass yeah. muscle cars. Yeah. yeah, They were all broke ass southern boys who had you know, three fifties or four twenties under their car and everybody's car could just smoke the
0: back tires off of it. (laughs) No, I drove a Toyota Celica dude. I know not as manly, you know, but I mean, just I drove a, I drove a Plymouth Reliance. Yeah. Uh oh station wagon, four on the floor station wagon. Nice. Yeah, it was dude the place- room in the back. Yeah, yeah I yeah. might have had a couple yeah. I might have had a couple of premature ejaculations in the back <laughs> of that. I was gonna try to sound like some but I yeah I ruined a couple people's huh? pants. Oh. <laughs> oh you didn't want that on your back of your hand? My bad. <laughs> That's not where that goes. That's a warning yeah. shot. <laughs> We're about to really do this. You know what strikes me about his music? Is it's simple in a way like the lyrics. I understand the lyrics, but they're so masterfully put together. It's such a ballet. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. You know, the, the,
1: the one thing about his music is to me, like the more I've gotten into it is that there's, you know, he does a very good thing of always kind of having this irony to it to where it's like the goods right there, but the bad is just right there too. And, and the more, the older I've gotten and the more I've started listening to music, the more I under, I love the art of that. But the, the, there's also...
0: His lyrics, dude, when you're writing lyrics like that, is that just years of years of practice? Yeah, he listens. To, I mean,
1: it just comes from, like, listening to a lot of music. He's also reads a lot of poetry, reads a lot of, you know, stories, and so he's a he's a, a literature guy I mean he's just from understanding words really you know he's like basically a poet who's a songwriter you know um but as I've gotten older I I find myself uh, listening to those songs less the ones that are have the that you know it's good but it's it can be bad too yeah. I I just I'm in a place in my life to where it's like you know it's good yeah yeah and plus I'm just like you know I just want to I just want to I don't necessarily not wanna like feel bad or I don't want that, but I'm I used to only listen to sad songs. Like Really? I, yeah, dude. I was that Were dude. you a
0: ballad dude?
1: Man, dude, I got some Ray Charles ballads of him singing to where it's like him going <sighs> Yeah, you know, and it's like you know, you're. He's just crying basically, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" You just this.
0: sit in your truck with a bottle, just like, dude. <laughs> I used to sit,
1: yeah, smoke cigarettes, drink beer, and just like go. God. So you went
0: bluesy ballad. Not, did you ever do like a rock ballad? Like, I can't a, do Journey, man. Oh, you so you went straight to Journey. I can't do Journey at all. Not at all. You can't do that dude's voice
1: at all. I can understand it, and I can like it. I'm like think, that with Rush.
0: I can't. You think put of Rush a on, we're fucking
1: My life, to where if that was on, I would not rather either not be on or, <laughs> or listen to something else. That's what me and John Hopkins. Uh, John's like his favorite band is Journey, right? And for some reason, when I was growing up, right when that stuff was like at the peak, it was right when uh, Seattle music scene came yeah. out, and I was listening to Sonic Youth and. You know, like, Fuck yeah, you know, all of this stuff. It wasn't just Nirvana. I mean, I dove into Mud, Honey and all this other stuff, you know, so Dude, to
0: me, Chris Cornell, you got to put him. I know this is an impossible thing. And I know there are always arguments He's up
1: there at least top three,
0: top five rock voices of yeah. all time. Yeah. To- totally. I mean, don't you think so? Oh, Totally. His voice to me is like anytime I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is.
1: Well, that the was the difference best. between like Journey when Journey was singing. But his voice is amazing. Yeah, but when he was singing, there was this there was this kind of pansy element to it. Whereas when Chris Cornell was singing, is like he might breathe fire on your face oh, and yeah. burn your head off. Oh yeah, yeah, without a whereas doubt. Whereas the other guy's like gonna hand you a rose and like.
0: When he sings, you get a bikini wax. Yeah, like totally, it's just all just like, from like, Andre. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that singed the taint a little bit. Yeah, that yeah, last yeah. line he's going in <laughs> wait so are you that way from most 70s uh big voices uh
1: just like ario speedwagon like all of that that's 70s, in the same genre all that 70s stuff was like the antithesis of cool boston was, yeah all of that dude when i was growing up me and my buddies were just like sabbath that cannot oh sabbath's the first metal band dude. okay yeah you, all right yeah i mean yeah rock and roll in the from that area's Cool, but like, uh, the crossing lines, like Doobie Brothers. Cool. Yep. But any time it gets into that, like, singing like a girl kind of thing.
0: Arena, ballad, rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just, it was like, from when I was a kid, it was like, that, you would get, we would make fun of each other, like, if you were like.
0: If you were singing Don't Stop Believing. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, just like, dude, are you, you know, are you kidding me right now? See,
0: you know, I'm that way with Rush. Basically, I equate Rush to people who put nuts in my chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Fuck you. Like if you put a if you if you right now put on rush and handed me a plate of chocolate chip cookies with nuts, we might fight. In your in your fucking As a
1: musician, I I get rush. They
0: were they were a little That dude's voice is the single most annoying sound I've ever heard come through a fucking speaker. It's like yes. Yeah. I can't yes and rush. Yeah. Oh come on.
1: I like them. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go and listen to it right now. Or any, but if somebody puts it on, I can dig it.
0: You rush over journey. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Really. Yeah. Rush over journey.
1: Rush over journey any day. Okay. But here's the thing: is when when that music comes on, I get it. Yeah. Dude can sing his ass off. Yeah. Band writes amazing songs. They're great players. It's just like.
0: I get I understand yeah you just you know you know, a, why, you know what you know what you know where I am with that like there's a band that my brothers love and I get it and I and, and if I if I was alive during that time I would have loved to seen them play but when they come on when the doors come on I'm like okay yeah mm. yeah yeah and now listen sometimes I've heard covers of break on through yeah live from other yeah. bands that I'm like, like better Pearl than we're
1: doing break on through would be killer well, killer yeah
0: but if the doors came on the radio right now i'd be like mm, nah. we gotta change it <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. for <laughs> some reason i always this. feel like there's
1: something about them and then like reading the dictionary or reading an encyclopedia you know how like if it's like a timeout you know yeah. when you're used to back in the day you get in trouble in high school and they'd be like you know go start writing you know out of like copying the dictionary or something you're like god really <laughs> That's what it reminds me of when the doors come on. It's kind of like, really,
0: yeah, we going to um, do this. And it's funny to me, like, because I love, mm, I love mm, the Stones and the Beatles, the who, right, right, okay, I love it. But when people add the Doors into that group, when it, the, you know, they're like, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, the Doors. I'm like, don't fucking put that. <laughs> yeah, don't you dare. They're p- great. They're good at what they
1: do, and. Uh, but yeah, they're d- but I, yeah I that don't think band could-
0: to me seems like the band where somebody would walk on and be like, more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. ding, 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 That yeah. I would be like, yeah, I guess yeah. so. So where are you at with uh, with Zeppelin? I can listen to Zeppelin all day, every day. Are they the greatest rock and roll band ever there? Do you consider the Beatles a rock and roll band? Yes. Then no.
1: Yeah. I- See, when I was growing up- Do this you is-
0: consider them to be the best rock and roll band of no. all time? No.
1: When I was growing up, it was you don't a like battle. I like Zeppelin a lot, but it was a battle between Zeppelin and Aerosmith for some reason, only based off of that being from the South and lyrics about like dungeons and dragons and warlocks and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's, if you're from London or New York, I think you can connect with that stuff. But when you're from like cornfields of middle Georgia, And they're talking about like wizards and shit. You're just like,
0: dude. Yeah, but how can you not get a little high and just hear, babe, babe, babe. No. And you're like, ha, ha, ha. I I mean, his voice was so haunting. You close your eyes and get high. It's the riffs,
1: though. It's not the songs. It's the riffs.
0: Let me ask you a more important question. Which Aerosmith are we talking about? Are we talking about Toys and Rocks? Yes. Toys and Rocks. they were
1: more bluesy they were more like uh you know talking about chicks
0: toys in the attic
1: you know they were talking about like chicks and like rock and roll shit instead of like i can't do pump i can't do toys badass
0: toys rocks in that first album yeah Yeah. i mean that's the best dude
1: steven tyler sat in with us no last year at fenway
0: what's your favorite as as far as a sit-in Who's been the person you were like, I can't believe this is about... To. Name the Probably some him. Is that the... Pe- who, what did you guys think? Do you sing Jeremy Mellon? We, we did
1: Walk This Way. Man. Oh, it's so killer. I sat and played the guitar line all day, just like we picked the tunes we were going to play. Yeah. And the guitar part's kind of... It sounds like a classic, like, blues riff. But it swings and does this weird swag thing to where you have to listen to it really carefully or you sound like you're doing, like... The nerd version of it, you know what I mean? So you have to That's like... That's so interesting. And it's you like... So can,
0: can I ask you, uh, what band would you tell that I... Because I don't have a tuned ear like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So to me, when I listen to that song, I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty basic, right? Yeah. What, what group would I be surprised by that they're more complex than they than they are? Do you know what I mean? Where they sound like, well, that sounds pretty simple but it's a much more complex sound than I'm giving uh, it credit Foo for. Foo
1: Fighters are, are, are definitely, they do, they do tunes that are in odd meters. Like it'll be in, so most tunes are in four, four. So you count to four and then you count to four and you count to four. Yep. So one two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Whereas he'll do tunes that are in seven. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, huh. six, seven. And you can't, the way he's singing over the top of it, you it feels like four. You can't tell that it's weird. Um,
0: Do people not give him enough credit For his entire Not only just catalog But what he's done
1: I think he gets a pretty good bit of credit dude I mean he's bitching I mean and I, there's not too many people who are Dave girl haters You know what I mean like
0: Yeah but t- what I mean by that is like Not easy to go f- from being the drummer In the biggest band in the world Yeah To now being the front man To arguably one of the biggest I mean, bands he's, in the world he's
1: one of the I wrote, I wrote this letter to him one night uh, I don't I've actually never did you put lipstick see-
0: on and kiss the bottom yeah, of it? Did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Did you seal it with a little yeah, perfume? I did. Put dude. some fucking glitter <laughs> in the envelope? Oh my God. Did you make I a mixtape or? I pulled, I, pulled a couple, I pulled a couple belly hairs out and
1: taped it down to my autograph. Yeah. God, why did I just do that? Yeah. <laughs> No, we did the grow yeah. sessions, man, and I was flying. We were flying from the states to London, and we had like, you know, however long. And I was sitting there just thinking about, like, I can't believe that just happened, man. And it's cool, man. My dad's like one of the most positive, reinforced guys ever. My dad is always every time I get off the phone with my dad, he tells me he's proud of me. Every single time, I'm telling amazing, you, amazing. If I call my dad and I'm like, Hey, dude, I just shit my pants. You know, whatever. He'll be like, we'll talk about it. And, and he'll like, tell me like, well, make sure to do this and go get some Boudreaux's butt paste, you know, and, uh, and you know, whatever. Just go on and throw those underwear away, you know, son, you know, walk me through the whole thing. And at the end of it, he will tell me he's proud of me, even though I just called him to tell him I shit my pants. You know what I mean?
0: Has he always done that, no matter how old you were?
1: Yeah. I mean, my whole life, dude, it's like amazing. every single time I get off the phone with him, he's like, make sure you keep your wits about you. And I'm proud of you.
0: Are you You going to do that with your kid? Oh, hell yeah. Because you know how important that was to you, right? The cool thing about
1: it is, is that he does it to other people too. It's just not, it's not just me. So if like, if he's, if we're, if we have somebody over at the house and we're doing a project together and somebody does something really good, he'll be, he'll say to them, uh, man, that, that was really awesome. Like you did a good job on that, you know? And he, he takes time to let people know when they're doing a good job. And I think that, it makes people feel so good when they get positive reinforcement yeah. and they get that recognition. And it just takes a couple words. It's one of my it's by far my favorite thing about my dad. So I decided that I wanted to carry on that trait. So I make it a chance. Like the other night, Clay, Clay Cook took this in solo, you know, and when he walked over to me, I was like, dude, that was awesome. Like, Because it would ju- just be just as easy to not say anything yep. and him not know that I thought that was cool. But it takes like, you know, you got to kind of live in that world where you're not scared to In life, dude,
0: that it would be so much easier. You know, I I did a little social experiment. Okay. So I was at Ponce City Market. Okay. And so it was lunchtime. It's packed down there. Yeah. So what I did and the first time in, I walked in and I held the door for somebody and the person behind me held the door for the next person and they just held doors for each other. Yeah. Okay. 15 minutes later, same door, same lunch traffic. I walked in, did not hold the door. Nobody after me held the door. Yeah. It was a small thing. Totally. That you passed on that subconsciously you did something nice for somebody. They did something nice for somebody else. Yeah. That little thing that your dad does, man. Somebody else. That's why
1: people. Yeah. This whole, my, my whole town, everybody that my dad knows. Would do anything in the world for him.
0: Can I ask you then? Now you're close to your parents? Yeah, super close. Okay. I ask people this who either have kids or are gonna have kids, because I never knew the answer. When I ask you two questions about parenting. One, what is it you hope your kid gets from you? And what is it you hope that they do not?
1: Yeah. Uh okay, so before we before we answer Get, this think question, yeah. Yep. Uh so I wrote Dave Grohl a love letter. Yeah, sorry. And uh, and basically, in this letter, I told him that I'd never met anybody in my entire life uh, who was so, like, big of a personality who was so tangible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, he answered all my questions about Nirvana. You know, I talked to him for, like, two hours one day, and he told me about how, you know, they used to drive around and listen to the mix, the mixes on, like, you know, little you know cassette tapes of nevermind through the hills and like they got pulled over by the cops one day when they were drinking you know and just like all of these stories man and just he talked to me about songwriting and how kirk affected him and you know and just this whole thing it was so unbelievably awesome if you would have told me when i was 15 years old i would get to talk Your to Dave Grohl about nirvana of lose my mind. Yeah. And I did kind of lose my mind because here it is. It's like, it's really happening and I'm like playing music with this dude and we're like good friends. Peers. Yeah. Like we, we hang out and we like laugh our asses off. And Yeah. Peers. Yeah. And so I, I wrote him this letter afterwards. I was like, man, I will remember that experience for the rest of my life. But not only that, I hope to be able to identify with well, what it is that makes you so badass and somehow or another try to maintain that in my life like with the fans that are fans of our band to be tangible to them in a way that's healthy you that's know what awesome. i mean and whatnot so anyway uh back to your question about the raising thing i mean i think that uh i know what unconditional love is uh i was raised like that uh so i think the one thing that i would want to pass along to them is just this idea of you can tell me anything you can talk to me about anything you can, I will, there's not one thing that I will ever bail on you with, you know what I mean? And I will always be able to be that support that you need. You yeah. know what I mean? As far as, because I was, once I kind of started realizing that my parents had my back and then I started taking small steps in, in like in life and realizing that like, we didn't have a lot of money, but it, you don't necessarily need a lot of money. Like I can't, I can't screw up in a way of like, going out and r- crashing my car into like a building and then like racking up $200,000 worth of like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody suing me kind of stuff. Like I can't do that kind of shit, but I can like, I can take a pretty big jump and like, I've tried to move up to Atlanta like three or four times and I would jump. Dr- I would drive up here, move like, you know, a bucket full of stuff up here, sleep on the floor of my buddy's kitchen for like a month trying to like kitchen,
0: make- yeah they didn't let you in the
1: living room (laughs) i got sprayed in the face what by a cat (laughs) i asked these dudes could i move in with them and they were like yeah there's only places we have is the kitchen floor and it was like small so i laid a sleeping bag down in there i had a job and uh they would stay up partying all and i'd give them like three hours of sleep and they had this bunk ass cat and the cat came in and walked up on me when I was sleeping and turned around and sprayed me not made on me, but like like the depths of no testosterone in whatever. your face yeah in my face.
0: how long was that smell there
1: uh five days oh. Dude, it was so bad. I was like, I wanted to put gas on my yeah, face. Yeah, just it on light fire. it on fire and see what happens. Right, yeah, but listen, I'm gonna have to run with whatever happens from here <laughs> yeah. on out. So I moved back home, but I was able to constantly like take these risks of like moving to Atlanta. But they gave you the confidence. Yeah, to know they knew that, that, yeah. the like, worst case scenario. You just move back, dude. We got yeah. you. So I would pass that along to where it's like, and I still live like that today, where I know that like I can pretty much do creatively whatever I want to and take these risks because. I'm not really scared of failing. I don't really have that I have that kind of confidence in that direction. No, I have I have fears like I'm not a fan of heights. Right. I mean, I'm not, I will by no means be Superman, dude. I'm like you can jump out on of a top plane. of the palms where they have that, that seat that glass floor. Yeah. And everybody's out there dancing and partying and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna see me holding on to the fire extinguisher like over on side A. Just in case. Yeah, next to the you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right, so what and what trait do you of yourself outside of something like hype fear I'd to probably heights? I would
1: say anxiety, man. I battle anxiety and it's such a bitch, man, that I would hope that my kid doesn't have it. But you don't
0: it. get it on stage.
1: Yeah, I get it. Do I, you? Yeah, I'm pretty secretive about it actually.
0: Not anymore, dude. You just said into a microphone. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, like I don't talk to it about like right. a lot of if guys in the band don't even know that I, I deal with it. You really.
0: have it before or on stage?
1: I don't I there's some times to where I have it on stage to where I, that's why I practice so much. I uh, like if we know that um, if we know that Stephen Tyler's coming and playing with us, mm-hmm. and we find out that we're doing "Walk This Way," I'm going to play "Walk This Way" that day. So many times to where you could put a machine gun in my head and be like, "We're going to empty the clip in your head." You could play, and, it. and I, I would be able to play it with my eyes closed. I have to have it so ingrained in me to where I just don't have to think about it anymore. If somebody says. We're playing Walk This Way. You got five seconds to go and learn it. And I kind of learn it. And I feel like I'm going to be a fake up there and I'm not going to be able to really play it. Then, if you were to like shine a, like if you were to put an HDMI plug into my brain and put it onto a video camera, you know, and blast it to the whole audience, everybody would start throwing up. Oh, you know what it It is?
0: They they would see that the the cartoon of Bugs Bunny running through the wall and just his (laughs) cutout. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No man, it would it would just it would be yeah it would be bad. So, well,
0: dude, you you uh, you don't obviously it makes sense now why you're so proficient on stage because you make yourself you practice. Yeah, ad I have nauseam. to. You have yeah, to for ha- you.
1: Yeah, for me, just to be feel like I'm not going to be faking it. When or, you
0: practice that much, does it also allow you the freedom to to riff a little more? Does that make oh, sense? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, like we got a chance to play uh, with Greg Allman, and uh, uh, I knew that the band started throwing around what tunes do we want to do, and I kind of immediately took charge because you know they're they're a slide guitar band. You yeah, know, Dwayne Allman's the best slide guitar player to you know almost ever live. Him and Derek Truck, so uh, and Warren Ains, all Allman Brothers guys. So anyway, uh, I said let's do Statesboro Blues because that meant I got to do ba da da da. Yeah, you know it was like with Greg Alman dude, it'd be the shit. So, uh, everybody was like, cool. That sounds good. You know? So and I knew the tune, but, uh, so I went over to my wife's house. And now we were just dating then and played that, but yeah. I, I played that dude for seven hours straight. Come on. till when we got on stage that night and it was like one, two, three, but Yeah, I mean, it was just like, just like, I,
0: I couldn't screw it up. How collaborative for your band is the writing? Everybody involved, or just some people write? Zach involved in every song. Like how collaborative is that?
1: It's pretty collaborative. I mean, uh, it changes from album to album. Uh, uh, Some people more into writing than others. Like our drummer Chris, uh, he's a great musician and he's actually a good writer. But it's not his like drive in life. Mm -hmm. He's not as much of a writer. I mean, I think for writing for me is something that's like that's kind of what I am. I mean, I write books. I write you You know short books. Yeah, you know. What are the names of your books again? Uh, the first one was Amy Giggles Laugh Out Loud the second one was called Will Powers Where There's a Will There's a Way and then there's a third one coming out uh, in January children's books
0: yeah will you tell everybody just real quick before I forget where they can find them
1: uh, so koi dot com you can find uh, the books on there the first one is like an anti-bullying. I didn't even know that anti-bullying was a thing. But yeah. anyway, I wrote a funny story about this chick having a crazy laugh. And she gets picked on in school, swears she's never going to laugh again. And then something really funny in school happens and she laughs so loud and so crazy that it makes everybody else laugh kind of contagiously. And then they think she's really cool. So
0: Yeah, um, no, I read both books. That was books the there. first
1: book. And then the second book, uh, I, uh, teachers really grabbed a hold to the books for some reason. So I... Uh, ended up going and talking to a bunch of teachers about what's going on in the school systems right now. So they would have, like, it would be pertinent. There would be, yeah. you know, be relative or whatever. So um, it was interesting, man. They hands down said work ethic and self-entitlement are the two biggest issues. Every single teacher, no matter what, I mean, you would walk in and the first thing when they would say, I know what you're going to ask, work ethic, self-entitlement. You know, it was like so on the surface. Yeah, And I was like, well, do you guys have books and stuff that you're like, you're like, nah, not really. So I was like, Da-da, I'll yeah. help you know so I wrote this book because that's what I have I mean I was raised on like if I was watching Dukes of Hazard on Saturday morning and my dad said go take out the trash maybe once a year I would be like dude he's about to jump the car man yeah. like 30 seconds give me 30 seconds he would he'd be cool and my parents weren't strict they weren't like ball busters. It was just there was rules. And if he said go take out a the trash, then, I mean, it, it wasn't like mosey around. And no. Go do it. I had to get up and go do it like I was. That was what I was supposed to be doing my life right then. You know.
0: But you know what? That, that's like the same with my kids where they're like, I'll do it later. That's not how jobs work. No. The job is right now. The job yeah. is right now. Yeah. Go do the fucking job. Right yeah now. my
1: parents were they were pretty intense about like uh, the reward system thing like if I did have an attitude about it or whatever else then it was like you know they, they I just they took all my cool away they figured out real fast that I was really into being cool like I had to have long hair I had to dress like a skater guy I had to have you know and it wasn't materialistic stuff it was right. like my my me being who I am. Yeah. And so they yank away my skateboard, dude, when I was 13 years old. And, I mean, you might as well bury me.
0: Wait, small town Georgia, long hair, dressing cool, is that a problem? Yeah. It is, right?
1: Yeah, I was i was definitely out. I yeah. ba- always bounced back and forth. I always really wanted to go full nutso. I always wanted to just, like.
0: What would that have looked like?
1: I mean, I don't know, just having super long hair and just, like, not giving a shit Can I tell
0: you, I asked my parents when I was, like, 14. I wanted to shave, like, a number two half of my head and go real long on the other half.
1: Yeah, like the Tony Hawk kind of thing. Yeah, and my
0: dad was like, that's not going to work for you.
1: Dude, I drew a picture. So, I drew a picture of this haircut I wanted. And it had, like, five different, like, sections to it. Like, you're talking about? like yeah, yeah. Shave section one side, long hair section on the other side. This thing had, like... Compartments and shit in it And I took it to this barber In Thomaston Who did two haircuts Like the short one And then the same short
0: one Yeah and the shorter one Yeah 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 You know
1: and I took him And he like He said okay cool And he like set it up Like next to the barber stand like You were was,
0: so excited dude You sat in that chair You were like oh like shit was,
1: Yeah I'm about to hook it up No I'm gonna be fucking the man And he set it up Like right next to his little thing Where he was like Gonna look at it yeah. And like start dialing it in and then just went into straight up Ring. number two, you got, you get the number two, dude. The yeah, little longer this, than the number go one. Go ahead and take this home and put it on your wall. Yeah. He signed it and everything, but no, I was, uh, so no, I always, I always wanted to kind of go full on, uh, creative nutso, So like, you know, just be myself. And there was always this, uh, big, it was cool because girls like me because I had long hair and yeah. I was different and stuff the jock guys were always kind of like they, they were like you dude you suck you know yeah. like you're but that's I what made they said good that you suck and i wasn't the
0: bullies I, were nicer at your school
1: yeah <laughs> well i made good grades i was also not a pushover like i'd fight you know what i mean i wasn't like right this dude who was like if he was gonna might like, push me down then we we're gonna get into it you know and nobody likes getting punched so after i punch somebody the first time they kind of leave you alone you know what i mean like <laughs>
0: What a great sentence. Yeah. Nobody does like getting punched. Yeah, like the That's, biggest
1: bully in the world. Nobody yeah. likes to get punched. I remember that. I this guy used to pick on me all the time, and I finally, like, one day I just had it, and we got into it, and I socked him, dude. And the rest of my life, he never, ever said no. one word to me ever again. Nobody
0: likes to get punched in the face. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even
0: uh, if you're small. you no. know. And I
1: don't suggest people fight, but every once in a while, you just got to go for it. You know? uh, there,
0: there's something that we jumped off of that, and I have a bad habit of doing this, you, at the very beginning, we were talking about how the band got together. Yeah. And we've, we never got, we just jumped away from it. And I know when I ask people, what do you want to know? A lot of people ask, how did they all get together? So give it yeah.
1: to me. Uh So So you had
0: already got rid of, you got rid of Pete Best. Pete
1: Best? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he had a drummer. Gone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh So um
0: did you and Chris... Chris ended up coming in after you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a really funny story about that. So uh, I'm playing in Atlanta. I made sure when I was going to college that I didn't form a band because I knew I'd just drop out of school and like go run around trying to do my band thing. So I graduated school, started forming a band. Uh, The Zach Brown band was like kicking, like doing, starting to become a bigger deal in Atlanta. I talked to Zach and the guys and was like, hey, is there any way I can start opening up for you? Because I was starting to cause a buzz in Atlanta. Right. And he said, sure. I came out, opened up for them, sat and like, basically, you know, just go, I, I had like a zillion questions when I met them. You know, I was like, how do you get from point A to point B? Who pays for gas? How do you make sure that everybody has a place to sleep? What, you know, how's this whole business thing work? Were they stuff? in a van at the time? They had like a MARTA bus or MARTA's an Atlanta transportation right. thing, but okay. like a, a transportation bus, you know, uh, with a trailer behind it. And so, uh. You know, I was asking him like how this whole thing worked. I went out and played. Later on, um, Zach came out and watched our whole set. And then, like two weeks later, he comes and uh, he calls and says, "Hey, man, I want you guys to open up for us." You know, pretty much nonstop. And I was like, "Killer! That's awesome, dude!" And he was like, "Well, while you're at it, play keys with my band because I, you know, I played keys with my with the balls and the you Fellowship. weren't playing guitar. Yeah, I was playing guitar and keys. Okay, but see, the thing was, is I I've been playing guitar since I was 11. I wrote songs on keyboard. To Make it look like I was one of those dudes who could do it all, right? But I really could only play my songs like a handful more. I was like intermediate on the piano, you but know. But you so, were faking
0: it you, yeah, oh, a I little could bit,
1: kill it on the fake it thing, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> right. you sit me in with like Elton John, and he's gonna be like, Okay, where's the real piano player, yeah. you know? So, um, uh, by the way, I think he would probably say that to
0: 99% of the yeah. people who play piano,
1: so. I, uh, Zach called and was like, you know, do you want to play piano with us? Just leave it on stage and, you know, you can sit in with us. And I was, I literally put the phone down for like 10 seconds and like looked off into the sky and then I was, just put it back up in my ear. I was like, sure, send me the tunes.
0: Why? What were you thinking of those 10 seconds?
1: Well, I was just like, maybe this is how I'm going to get figured out that I'm not a piano player.
0: Or oh, like you were nervous about playing piano. Yeah, I was
1: just like, I'm, I don't, I'm not really a piano player. Like, you, were you nervous about me. playing in somebody else's band. No, not at all. But then it hit me really fast that Zach's not doing like super complicated tunes, and I was at the time like studying Coltrane and right, you know, and all this like really intense harmony and all that stuff. So like basic, you know, country or Americana chord structures and stuff aren't like nearly as complicated as all this jazz stuff I right. was studying. So I was like, and dude, all I did was practice like 10 hours a day. You know, I literally sat in a room and just played guitar all day long. And then we'd go out and play guitar all night long. So I was like, I, you know, I can learn all this stuff. So I, he sent me the music and I sat and shed a piano for two weeks. I learned all the tunes and then I started playing with the band. And I did that for probably a year until like, I almost had like a midlife breakdown or early life. Cause I was getting like two hours of sleep and like my band would play, his band would play. It was just nuts. Were you guys playing
0: different style music?
1: Yeah. Mine was like more of a rock blues thing. And there was more of like, you know, uh, Southern, you know, country kind of thing. Right. Uh, and then, so, um, Hound, the guy was singing about early, he had the family stuff happen. He left Joel, the other guitar player. Uh, he ended up, um, getting relieved or however you want to say it from the situation. So then I was the only guitar player in the band and I was bouncing back and forth from guitar and piano, whichever was kind of needed, you know? And I knew that's when I, when I knew you guys, that was pre clay and pre
0: the uh, Daniel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the game plan. Organ is like the best sounding instrument ever. If you're playing in a band and you have a real organ and a real organ player in your band, then you would fire like the drummer before you would fire the organ player. Except the doors. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. It sounds so good. So I called my mom and was like, I have to get an organ ASAP so I don't, you know, so I can stay in this band or whatever, you know? And she was like, okay, cool. How much does an organ cost? I was like, I found one for three grand. She was like, Poof. you know, and I was like, I have fifteen hundred bucks, save yeah. it right now. Give me a thousand, I'll find the other five hundred. And so she's like, okay, cool,
0: dude. I love your parents, by the way. Yeah,
1: they're I, they're awesome
0: because much like mine, uh, you know, they didn't. Uh, my parents did not understand being a stand up or what it took, but they never fucking questioned
1: me. Yeah. Well, my parents knew that I wasn't lazy, and I wasn't one of those kind of dudes who was out like wasting time yeah. and whatever. So they, my mom knew that if she gave me a thousand bucks, which they didn't really have, you know what I mean? But she knew that if she gave me a thousand bucks, then hell or how would, like a year later, she was going to have it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't one of those kind of dudes who was like shady or sketchy or whatever else. I mean, it might, I might be like, Hey, I'm supposed to pay you $300 this week, but I only have two fifty kind of thing, but it wasn't going to be like, she just never saw the money. Right. You right. know, kind of thing. So, um, okay. So you got the organ, got the organ, boom, Dragging this heavy-ass organ around, Uh, I'm officially cemented in stone in the band, you know, at this point. Because it's like, literally when I got it, it worked. I played the organ, and everybody was like, oh, my God, it's the best we've ever sounded in our (laughs) whole lives. I was like,
0: that's what I thought, mother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So
1: uh, then we had tryouts for drummers since Hound was leaving. And we had an audition for Chris. Yeah. uh, Chris Fryer. Sweets is his nickname. And um, I love him, dude. A handful of drummers came up. So I petitioned for Sweets to not be in the band. How come? Uh, Awesome story. So I did this questionnaire, I was the guy who was in charge of like, getting music to the guys who are going to be auditioning for the, you know, for the band or whatever. Yeah. And I was running around and, you know, when to do this kind of stuff, you got to be organized, kind of like third grade teacher. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. be
0: manila folder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you
1: know what I mean? And, and for guys who aren't doing that stuff, they're like, dude, you got manila folders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know exactly. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I do this questionnaire of like, who are some of your influences? That way, if we had six drummers we we're like, Was that the guy who was the shuffle guy? Yeah. Or was this the dude who's like the gospel drummer? So I had this thing down to where we could write down some whatever. I did it like four in the morning. My English sucks. You know what I mean? So I just typed up this. All this shit's misspelled. There's no punctuation. It's like, who gives a shit? You know? The guys like look at it or whatever. And then so later on, I hand sweeps this thing. He fills it out or whatever. And every drummer that I handed to, they kind of filled it out kind of like, like you feel like when you're going to the hospital, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when's the last time you smoked? Never. Yeah. You just got through smoking a cigarette five seconds ago. Yeah. You know, like How whatever. much do you drink? I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. cares? Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. So I handed sweets this piece of paper and uh, Zach and the guys had just had this conversation with, I'm the, he's like, so how does this whole thing work? Sweets was asking it, and uh, they're like, "Well, Coy's the guy that like we always mess with, you know." I'm like the the joker, the funny guy, yeah. you know, and so I'm the one that's always busting balls. So obviously, I get my balls busted back, you know. And um, so, right after they said that I'm the guy that always gets messed with or whatever, I asked Sweets to hand me the piece of paper, and I'm like, kind of talking to somebody else. I'm like, "Hey, man, let me get a sheet of paper from you." I turn around and I have my hand out, and he like puts the paper in my hand. And then I go to like squeeze my fingers together and he pulls it out, dude. And so I, and so I don't even turn around. I just yeah. put my hand out there again and yeah. I'm still talking and he puts it in there again and I do it again and he pulls it out again. <laughs> then I turned around and I look at him dead in the eyes and I was like, and I like looking at him and he, and he does it again. And, and you the, were like
0: this motherfucker. Yeah.
1: Out. Yeah, totally dude. And, and I looked at him and I looked at him dead in the eyes. I was like, hand me the paper and he handed it to me and I like slowly like squeezed it, you know, to like, That's there's no hilarious. way, you know? And then, so afterwards he left. We were like, okay, what drummer do you think we should pick from so far and everything? I was like, that dude Sweets is an asshole, <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally. Dude. Fuck that dude. Yeah. I was yeah. like, he tried to pull it, And then I tell the story. <laughs> he tried to pull the paper out of my manila folder in my hand, you know? And I'm just like, third grading over here man the whole time yeah and you were like you know what yeah and i always mess with sweets about it you know i'm like dude you were almost not in the band you know but
0: you but 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 much like the tv show friends i tell people this all the time you can never mess with chemistry messing with chemistry is is messy yeah like you know and that's like look the beatles are the example. People are like, well, what if Ringos for like Ringo Pete Breast, they would have been great anyways. You never know, man. Like There's y- definitely
1: there's, a thing with this group for sure, man. Your I mean, chemistry to, on stage is
0: amazing, man.
1: There's the, and everybody's really good at things that other people aren't good at. You know, and there's kind of like Jimmy's really good at melody, I'm really good at melody. I'm really good at riffs. Jimmy's really good at riffs. Clay is very good at harmony, chords, and He uh, turns
0: into a different person on stage. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he, now I don't know him that well, Yeah. but seems like a really mild mannered down to earth dude yeah. on stage. Psycho. Insane. Yeah. Like
1: what is He's kind of like that in real life though. He oh, just, he? Like, he just hides a little bit. That yeah.
0: switch is pretty amazing. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, and take this for however you want to take it. I told you, I see a lot of bands now. I always said, and I said this to my son when we walked out of Fenway, he had never seen you guys before. And by the way, thank you for playing shipping up to Boston. I almost came in my pants eight times.
1: (laughs) That I did not need to know. Well, yes, you did. (laughs) So if I start whistling now,
0: you're just gonna be like, no, just to see it live. Uh, Yeah. With that, with your band at Fenway, because
1: I'm a Scorsese
0: fan, and
1: that my favorite movie ever is Departed.
0: At Fenway, did you? Well, I turned around as soon as the music started. I I wanted, I turned around, and everybody's face was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, because that song in Boston. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, but. Um, bom, bom. And and it's a really short little song. Yeah, yeah. But when I saw because when we were back in behind the park and the, and I saw him walk up, I turned to Jacob and I go, "Something good's about to happen. Yeah, there's gonna be some really amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: he was a super cool guy by the way.
0: I forgot what I was about to ask. You said, oh, I've seen, Meta- oh, seen a lot of bands. And um, I walked out of Fenway saying, "I've always said, as far as a tight band, that you can tell has is just like masters of what they do and their craft, and just on point with everything. While at the same time, they they're having fun, uh, you guys have more fun than this other band, but the, they allow for the riffs to come right back in and fit in perfectly and be so in sync." I always thought Metallica was going to be live. Have you seen them live?
1: No, I never have. I Dude, would love
0: to. L- live, I, they're so tight. Yeah. They're like, I, I remember watching them like, this is a master class. But you guys are the same way. And it's not easy to do live, man. You have so many moving parts in your show. You have so many people doing different things. And for it to all come together like that is... Absolutely insane. But it's also a tribute to like how hard. This is what I don't think people understand. And this is why I'm so glad you said it a couple times. You've mentioned playing the same riff for seven hours. Yeah. Being great doesn't just happen.
1: No, man. I dude, I'm blood in, blood out, man. I uh I was talking to you earlier about how I blew up my thumb when yeah. I was in college from uh practicing too much. I mean, dude, I spent the time from the time I was probably eighteen to twenty-seven in a room sitting in front of a CD player how many hours do you think dude i practiced 8 hours a day for 5 years easy see that's what and that was that's just uh, that's practicing i mean that's waking up and and i practiced like it wasn't like i would just play i mean i practiced i would go and sit down grab some tea go and sit down and i had a list for 30 minutes I would practice skills for the next thirty minutes. I would practice inversions. Then I would, you know, practice this tune that I was working on. And then at night I would go out and play. You know, I'd go and sit in with my buddies, go and listen to music, go and to an open jam, and you know, play blues all night long. And uh, you know, I was I just knew that like there was only one way to do this thing, man, and that was like
0: to do it, dude. just to
1: balls out, go for it. People and, ask me
0: all the time. They're like, "What's the trick to stand up?" There's no trick. Get on stage.
1: Yeah, all on, the time.
0: All the time. Get on stage because that's the only way. You can play guitar forever right here on this giant beanbag. Yeah, that doesn't. You still got to go out and play. And and the difference. And there's nothing to saying that if you even do that. I mean, no. There's,
1: you got to be. You know. You got to be a nice dude. You got to have like. You know. Even be halfway business sense savvy. You got to know that, like, if you make two hundred dollars on a gig, then don't go blow it on. Yeah, you know, whatever.
0: All right, let me let me get back. Right, so the, okay, so you the band comes together. Yeah. When you guys, when you find when you guys when you'd heard Zach the first time, any of the songs that I've heard on any of the albums, was he playing them then?
1: Yeah, the foundation had been recorded. I didn't play on the first CD. The foundation. So chicken already, fried, all
0: that had already been recorded. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I was I remember going and sitting at Zach's house and him listening to the uh, the mixes. In his truck, you know, like, let's and listening to Chicken Fried. Like, so who
0: wrote Chicken Fried? Just him?
1: No, nah, him and Wyatt. Him and Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt Durrett. Wyatt Durrett wrote a lot of the songs that are, like, the big songs. Him and Wyatt, uh, Zach and Wyatt did.
0: The first time you heard, because his voice is, to me, different. It's, yeah, for sure. It's, Dude it's, can sing. Dude, it's breathy and almost, like, angelic in some parts. Yeah, yeah. When you first heard his voice, were you like, like, the rest of us would be like, oh, fuck. Okay. Dude,
1: so I heard his voice for the first time when I was, like, 18 years old. though. I used to go and hang out in bars, and we would drink, and Zach would be playing. And his voice sounded the exact same back then as it did now. I mean, it's like, there's this part about it. So, listen, that we used to go and do this open mic, and Zach, we would go in and be so loud that, like, the sauce off the chicken wings would was shaking. Like, We'd be like shaking yeah. off. You know what I mean? It'd yeah. be so loud. He'd be singing so loud that everybody'd be outside in the patio, you know, because it was so loud in there. Me and my buddy would go in there and play on the exact same PA system, same volume, nobody touched the knob at all. And people would be
0: like, Can you guys turn up? We can't really <laughs> hear you. You know what I mean? It was just nuts, dude. Yeah, it's it's a different like his voice is uh Dude, it's special.
1: Yeah, it, it, for it, sure. I mean, and I I still, I've been playing with him forever and really good friends with the dude. And there's still times to where, like, we'll do like a uh, Sean Mullins tune. Like, we do this thing called vocal warm ups before the, uh, before every time before we play. So, about an hour and a half before we play, all, you know, most of the guys in the band, uh, the drummer and, uh, and Daniel, uh, uh, the percussionist, don't yeah. come. But the rest of the guys in the band, Get on, you know, a bus and we just sit and play acoustic music for an hour, singing songs, joking, riffing, solo and all this stuff, right. you know, just kinda getting down. We've done it for years and that's what we do before the show. Just kinda get warmed up on the whole thing, talk about the set, figure out what we're gonna do, if there's any special guests
0: or whatever. And Dude, but w- for you guys at your level to still be doing that, like, so the work still needs to be put into the yeah, fucking. Yeah, well, how
1: the hell is it supposed to happen if you just get up there and be like? But I
0: think some people just think like that shit happens, like they do. Like at a certain level, you you can stop putting in the work, and that is not nah, the truth.
1: No, not at all. If now it's if anything, you know, we put in the work more now uh, because we play less shows, and the less shows you play you know, it all falls together. If you've been playing 200 shows a year, you played 70 uh, yeah. shows a year. I took 10 you-
0: days off. You're going to hear me tomorrow night. It'll be 10 <laughs> days. And I'm already thinking to myself, oh, I think I'm going to be rusty. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah, though totally. it's just 10 days yeah. and I've done a gazillion sets in my life. Yeah. I'm already nervous about Thursday night set because it's been 10 days since I've been on stage. Yeah. Is that weird?
1: Totally. Not weird, but it's like, it's accurate. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's just, that's the way that it
0: is. Man. Okay. So the warm up, his voice.
1: Yeah, so we'll do like a Sean Mullins tune, or a James Taylor tune, or Eagles tune, and he'll sing. And for a split second, you're I I feel like I'm like eighteen. Yeah. Or I will feel like like you I'll just kind of stop. I mean I'll be playing, and I'll just kind of stop and just like look at, or just close my eyes and listen. And I'll just be like, that sounds so good.
0: Yeah. Is there a is there is there a song, one of his vocals, where you're like that's his best? Like that. I'm not saying that's the best as he can do, but that is. I don't listen to one. our
1: records that much uh, because I can't listen to him from a standpoint of a audience. Because when I listen to him, I remember like where I was at in the studio when the piano, you know, track was recorded, and how long it took or how right. fast it was. You know, it's like I, it always puts me in a time and place. So it's hard for me to listen to. The songs, but on stage, uh, I think he probably sings Colder Weather.
0: Ugh, that, he played that in yeah, Fenway. He, there's
1: something about, you know, it's so, the bridge it, gets so big uh, on that tune, you know. It's, emo- well, it's, it's a such an emotional hero, song. Oh. You know, and he's kind of up there and he's in a good part of his song. And the band's doing it. And any, I think people sound better when the, when the accompanying instrument is the piano. It's just so big and yeah. full sounding. So it's like... Instead of sleeping on an air mattress, you're on like a. You're assertive, motherfucker. Seely, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah you know I'm I mean? a sleep number. I'm on yeah, a 42, yeah. and they're yeah. on a 24. Yeah, yeah. And we're both feeling pretty good. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you, like, that song does resonate. It's interesting you said to me earlier, because I was talking to you about how emotional Dress Blues was. You were like, I would love to sit in the audience and feel it. it and that's why I say that music takes you a place that comedy doesn't. like there's nobody nobody's like man when Chappelle was accompanied by that piano yeah fuck no that's not it's just different though i mean it's
1: it's like comparing photography to painting i mean it's the same thing it's a visual art but it's like you can't even
0: do that i think it's the same at all well i mean i mean i
1: agree with you wholeheartedly that there's nothing there's no art form that does what music does yeah but i also say that there's that music's not generally funny like across the lifetime of music one percent of music has been funny right and to me i'm such a fan of laughing like my dad is one of the funniest dudes who's ever lived and i grew up around the whole kind of point of life is to try to see if you can make everybody laugh yeah I And mean, that's just the point of it all really it should be i got in so much trouble in high school because of that point point. Which is too. Unreal. You know? I've
0: gotten trouble in bed with people too, because I'm always <laughs> going for the laugh, dude. I'm always, yeah. I'm always not right now. Yeah, or right now, maybe yeah. right now. Yeah, I, mean, I never told you this. Okay, so back a long time ago, and maybe after my junior year in college, and you know, the pre-internet and all that shit, you didn't quite ever understand. How, I don't know what good was. Does that make sense? Like you were like. Okay, we just segued from someone. we still talking about bad stuff? Or are we still- well, let me get to you. Okay. so Good I, is. Okay, and- so I, my parents had bought me a guitar and um, I was looking for a job and I walk into a, a bar and the guy was like, we're not looking for, we don't want be bartenders. And I saw there was a little stage up above the bar. I go, what do you guys do there? And he goes, well, we do like five to seven happy hour and we just have an acoustic guy come in and play. And I needed money He goes Do you play I go Yeah No Yeah And he said um, Alright well, When do you want to start I go Now Here's what I'm thinking Well I could learn some songs In two weeks Sure Not coming from Ground zero Yeah So I For two weeks I practiced On my acoustic guitar Yeah And I was like Oh I'm gonna fucking nail this Totally Why would you not <laughs> First of all I played Let It Be Four times That's okay <laughs> Not well Not well But I have to tell you Middle of the first song The dude who hired me goes And I go yeah And he goes You can stop for a second I go yeah And he goes Hey is it gonna get better than this? Damn And I was like Better? And he was like You're playing Is it gonna get better? And I go No And he goes Is this supposed to be funny? I go I can make it funny He goes I would That's what you should do Yeah. Make it a little funny Dude Because I've always been like you're going to pay me? What do you need me to do? Yeah. yeah, I can do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can do that.
1: I, I th- Figure it out later. I got hired. Fake it till you make that,
0: it. Dude, I got hired to entertain at children's parties. And the guy said to me, I can give you $50 extra party if you can make balloon animals. Can you do that? I was like, yeah. Sure. (laughs) Every one of them looks like a penis, dude. It was a stick. I made sticks, snakes. I made swords. And then I would (laughs) twist something up. I would twist it up and I'd be like, it's a dog cat. And they were like, dog cat? Yeah! That's awesome. Oh, and then, oh, I had sex with this woman who hired me at her I kid's love the segues, birthday dude. party. Oh, I have no sex She segment. hired you. So I came up. I fucked her in a clown outfit.
1: She hired you to have sex with her? No, no, no. She oh, hired well, that's me. That's kinky as she shit. She
0: hired me, and this is when I was driving a, a moped at the time. And and they the person who who ran the party thing he didn't let you get changed there so you had to show up in costume so you drove on dressed as a as a a clown on a moped dressed as a clown and so in in L A they have like bad smog so the clown outfit like the makeup the smog would stick to it so it was like a dirty clown by the time I got there and I scared some kids but midway through the mom can I talk
1: to you for a second. She said
0: she goes, "Hey, uh, I'll be I'll be in charge of paying you later." And I go, "Okay." And she goes, "So just let me know when you're ready to go." And I go, "Okay." And she, I told her, "I go, I'm ready to go." And um she goes, "Oh, the money's upstairs." And I go, "Okay." And we went upstairs, and she shut the door. And she was like, uh, I got a special tip for you." And I was like, at this point, I knew what was happening. So, yo, as soon as she shut the door, I'm like, she's
1: just a freak or were you like, did you have some kind of mad clown skills that
0: well, I I don't think at that point in time in my life on my moped dressed as a clown. I mean, were you buff?
1: I mean, were you? Were you I was jacked. I was you, pretty jacked. But see? I was I
0: was dressed in a clown outfit. So there How jacked could s- I be? But but when she shut the door, if you
1: show up if if like a um, uh, how old was she?
0: Sh- well, you know when you're like 22, everybody looks 50. Yeah. Do you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was 47. She could have been 33. I don't know. Yeah. At that age, everyone was 50. She had a
1: kid. She's probably old.
0: Well, in l a that's true, yeah. so I pull she goes upstairs, and as soon as I was walking upstairs, I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm fucking somebody in a clown outfit, like a hundred percent yeah, why would you not There's no reason she doesn't have the money in the kitchen by the front door, ready for me to go, yeah, and when I went upstairs and I walked in and she shut the door, and she was like, "I've got a special tip for you." I was like, "This is awesome I had when I left her room, she had clown makeup all over her face dude (laughs) she was like hey uh you gotta wash your whole face yeah you can't go down with a smudged clown face and i was like well neither can you
1: like she got in like a whiteout accident her sheets
0: looked like somebody had fucking just murdered a clown and eaten cheetos at the same time there were colors all over the place but um it was so awkward dude i'm walking out and the kid Whose mama was who I just fucked? Thanks for coming. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> <Put> Ha <that. laughs> yeah, you gave me a double. I did. Uh, Can you imagine like
1: what that kid's life is like? Like, I wonder if he ever figures out that that's what his mom's up to.
0: Because I'm sure,
1: like, if she's doing it with the clown, it's got to be the guy who comes over for the plumbing
0: or. If I had just know. leaned in and been like, "You won't understand this till later," but uh, <laughs> I fucked your mom. What? Just, just keep that in the back of your head. So next time you go to a circus, <laughs> just know one of those people probably going fuck your mom.
1: Oh my god!
0: Um, I do segue all over. I got a couple more questions for you. Then I know we got to jet out of here. It's all, we're getting over an hour and a half. Cool. Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, let me ask you. Go for a- it. Anything left on the wish list musically, dude? Forget uh, 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 personally and band wise.
1: And yeah, it, totally, man. I got a bunch of stuff I want to do. Uh I'm about to have a kid. I know. In like 6 weeks. So, there's a giant part of my life that's like it's going to be really good for me, man. I'm an only child. I kind of grew up in this way of my parents' my my parents' life was about me. Uh-huh. You know, which is it should be. They weren't they weren't the kind of people who didn't have a life because of me or whatever, but they just well, oh, I get it. You know, I, w- I was a center of attention. I mean, uh, I was kind of a large personality. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of what happened. So anyway, um, and I've, I've tried to, like, be the dude who's grounded and humble. And actually, man, I've spent a lot of time. You on... are grounded and humble. Yeah. I mean, I sp- it's on purpose, though, man. It took a lot of, like, when we won the first Grammy and Is everything. Surreal. Yeah, just shit got weird, man. I'd never, ever expected for it to happen. People started calling. I had friends who started acting different. I had people who were like, What do you you think you're big shot now? Well, it's just like I I had to decide who was my friend and who wasn't my friend in like a couple weeks or else like stuff was going to start getting out of hand. You know what I mean? It was like... Uh, I was somebody now. I had never been somebody before. Now I was like legitimately in the eyes of other people. I was somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because we won Best New Artist. That was the first Grammy we won. So we were like on TV, on the stage. All all my friends and everything knew that I was going to be at the Grammys and we were up for an award. But when we won and it was such a big award, you know, it wasn't like we won for, you know – country single of the year that's yeah. not aired on the tv show or something like that you know like we went up there and i was on tv and all this stuff and uh it's just people's perception of especially in small towns or whatever of you as of people on tv is like all of a sudden i was like loaded rich and yeah people were asking that's the misconception st- yeah yeah isn't it i was still paying like five hundred dollars for rent at a i mean a, Dude, a
0: month for people are like because i was on over 200 Chelseas they're yeah. like you're living off that Chelsea money, huh? I'm like, just so you know before taxes and before manager, we made four hundred dollars an appearance, yeah, so no, I'm not living yeah. off the Chelsea killing money. it yeah, killing it, yeah, killing it, yeah, so
1: uh, you know it was just it just got weird man and uh and there was also this thing that I could smell the the evil of success, I could smell like what it does to your personality um and it was very intriguing. It's like, mm, man, mm. that smells really good. You know, that's like, and I could see myself going down that path. But every time I would go down, got down it and adventure into something, I would always kind of leave going like, man, that's really not who I am. Yeah. You know, it's just like one of those
0: kind of things when you, when you but do, do You have to experience it to know that it's not who it's you a are.
1: little bit. I definitely think there's a turning point where you go, okay, I don't. I don't want to do that anymore, or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. And if you keep doing it, then you're going against your own path of who you think you are, you know. But, um, you know, and there was certain times like going to when we like when we would hang out at Ledoux and stuff like that. That's not my scene, but it was awesome.
0: My my scene either, but we had a good time. Yeah,
1: we would just kill it in there, man. It would be awesome time. But you know, by the way, nobody
0: on this podcast has heard that story, so you can tell it later.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nobody. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff that happened there. Yeah. Uh. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I just started kind of going, man, I really don't enjoy this. Like, I don't enjoy the false kind of nature of me thinking that I'm cooler than I really am or or whatever. It's not doing anything for my songwriting. It's not like it's just like I'm kind of spinning my wheels in this whole thing. So I just decided to check out, man. I, I bought a house on a river like right next to my parents. And basically just hung out with my dad uh, fishing and a couple buddies and just like let that whole wave of everything. I could have easily moved to Atlanta and been like a big shot, you know, socialite in the scene and like doing this. But there was just something about it that was like, this isn't for me, man. You know, I want to like I so it took a lot of effort, you know, to like kind of stay on the path. Yeah, on the path, because I was the only single one in the band.
0: I remember you know, that. Yeah,
1: everybody yeah. else was, like, married and had kids and shit like that. So I was the one who was, like, you know, I can literally slide off the face of the earth if I want to. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not, I'm no saint, so I had fun. I mean, I don't regret any of it. I mean, we, like, you know, you and I going out and raising hell in L.A. back in the day and yeah. all that stuff was killer, man, you know? Uh, so uh, where was I going with all that?
0: Um, really? I asked if you had... That We started by me saying, you, you're you talking about the Grammys. I said, is there still something you want to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Um, so, through this whole thing, man, I, I think that I've kind of realized more and more of, like, who I am and what I'm uh, capable of and whatnot. And writing, for sure, is, you know, something that I really enjoy. And I think that the more I do it and the more I do it with other people, the more I realize that I'm I'm good at it, you know. So just honing that skill, man. I'd love to write a song that another artist recorded, you know. Uh, uh, so I've been writing a bunch, of, uh, a, a bunch of tunes over the last year uh, trying to just keep, you know, it's just like getting on stage. The more you do it, yeah. you know, if you write 100 songs, there's a good, better chance that one of those is going to work out. And the cool thing, too, is that I have my own group, so the songs that I really connect with... Uh, then I ended up recording and releasing as my own, you know, my own music. Some of the stuff has a possibility of working out with the Zach Brown band.
0: Is there something that you've written where you're like, you know, it doesn't work for your band, but it does work for Zach, or it doesn't work for Zach, but it does work for your band?
1: Yeah, like, there's definitely tunes that I write that I know doesn't work for Zach, and that's good for me though. I need that kind of release, you know, to know that everything doesn't have to be run through the ZBB filter. Yeah. to like somehow another. Uh, equate to, like, art or goodness or something, you know? Is,
0: is the best feeling in the world to hear 40,000 people sing a song that you wrote?
1: It's pretty pretty dope, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the, it's To me, pretty,
0: that seems like when I was listening to, to I was actually listening to Colder Weather, and I was like, this has got to be, because everybody's singing it, I'm like, yeah. this, what are, an amazing feeling that you know that you affected 40,000 people like that.
1: It's hard to wrap your head around it. It's still like there's no way to where you like you can like put it in a little bottle and put it in your yeah. shirt pocket and be like, whenever I need that filling, I'm gonna take just a whiff gonna, of that. Yeah, take a whiff of that. Yeah. It's like you get this kind of like overwhelming, like, whoa. And and I being just kind of my nature, I don't really try to uh accept it as like I did that and f- get like boasted off of it or anything. I more or less just go holy shit, we're at Fenway. Still? This is crazy. Still, does that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, you're like, whoa. And I make myself, like, try to let my body and my mind take in as much of it as I can and try to fill in the moment as much as I can instead of thinking of, like, you know, some kind of anxious thought or, you know, like, I wonder where my wife is or, you know, whatever else. I, like, look and find her. And make sure she's cool on the side of the stage and everything or whatever. And then I go, come and get it, Way.
0: You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you ever... I'm sure this happens to you because I know it happens to me. Do you ever... And this might not happen now that you're not playing as much. But sometimes Saturday Late Show. Because, you know, for my... We'll do... They had me doing three shows on Saturday night, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay, so Saturday Late Show. There will be a time during the last show where my... Mouth is moving And there are words That are coming out of my mouth you kind of yeah. But I'm thinking to myself What time is my plane tomorrow Yeah Oh now if I get to sleep By 2am Oh yeah totally yeah, Does that happen with you yeah. guys too Yeah hey, Where you th- You're playing Your fingers I are moving I try hard to
1: To not let that happen though Because I think that uh, uh, It's by default I mean it's just like You could You could go to like You know Some Buddhist temple And make some journey To travel all the way Across the world And get there And be like I'm gonna meditate now And be up there And be like did I leave my? Life? <laughs> you know, is the you I could be in to... the best, most yeah. awesome. You know what yeah. I mean. So I try to like you know really remind myself that uh, that you know nobody gets to do the kind of stuff that we're doing. People pay a lot of money to come here, and so I try for at least that hour and a half, two hours, three hours, however long we play, and to really leave that shit off the stage and let. You know, music be kind of the religion and the language and the passing back and forth of the crowd to the audience and And anytime I start thinking of anything like that, I remind myself, you know, hey, you know, you can always think about that stuff thirty yeah. minutes from now, you know, like it's not going anywhere,
0: but I feel like that it is kind of common in your band only because I watch like watching you guys. There, there aren't that many bands that look like they're having as much fun as you are. Yeah. And in order to have fun, you have to be in the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? For sure. And you guys really feel like you're in the moment a lot of times. And look, I've seen you from the Troubadour.
1: Yeah, to Fenway. To Fenway. Yeah.
0: Which has been quite a, the mint where there was like 80 people. Yeah. Like that, you know, to yeah, Fenway. Yeah, yeah. And it's been amazing. But the thing that has been consistent is you guys always look like you're having a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's it's because I mean one part of it is everybody's really funny in their own way, yeah. And we spend so much time around each other to where we know each other inside and out. To where like a lot of the times when we look like we're having a blast, we're really laughing at something that happened either earlier that day or something we just saw happen in the crowd or some kind of like. Give joke. me an
0: example of something you might see in the crowd.
1: Uh, like the other day, <laughs> this dude. Uh, took his shirt off and started – he had a long sleeve shirt on and started swinging it by the end of one arm. Yeah. And you know how as you swing it, it kind of twirls around and turns into like a rope. Yeah. And so uh, – and he had like a tattoo across his chest and everything. And he was close enough to us where he, I felt like I could hear him. Yeah. You know, like he was that like close. He was like 12 rows back. Right. You know? And he was like swinging his things like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. And he was just whooping – Everybody's ass Around him Like this old lady He got it He got it in the face Like three or four times I mean Not the first time She's had it in the face You know And he was swinging it fast too And he's just Drunk And just going for it Like this is my favorite shit In the whole world And he's just beating Everybody's ass around him And we start looking at it Like you know We're in the middle of like Highway 20 ride Or some like slow song His dude's You know Going for it And we're just up there Like golly man You know any practical wow. jokes
0: on your tour? No, that stuff is kind
1: of dangerous. It kind of gets out of hand.
0: Can, because is there somebody on in your band we, that takes we, it to the next level a little too quickly?
1: Nah, everybody's real mature about like you, we have I'm to. Not. This is like a submarine, dude. I mean, we're we're like locked in on this thing, and you can't be pissed at somebody that close without like. Something
0: bad happened. Yeah, tiger yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Tiger instinct coming out and next thing you know the it's way, like I the saw, band broke up because I saw
0: in the early days a couple of wrestling matches that I was like, Oh, this shit is <laughs> fucking like I'm yeah. not getting involved in well, that. we fucking, used to be
1: really we'd go out and drink and then come back to the bus and start wrestling around, dude. And it would be so like Hopkins brothers.
0: Yeah, going hard. Going hard. Hard hard. And by the way, there are some big boys in the band. Yeah. And Jimmy it knows what he's doing. Yeah, Jimmy's
1: like a a world class Muay Thai yeah. boxer. I like, saw, he would trash you, dude.
0: I saw a couple of where you guys went, got into he, it.
1: I was like, oh no. He so he tried to teach me some boxing lessons. I get him. To, I train with him every once in a while. We work out together and stuff. But he, I was like, you got to show me some boxing stuff. So I got out there. He showed me some moves, and I was like, all right, let's just like let's go for it, you know? So I started coming in, and he's like doing a thing, and I'm like, all right, what what was that? And he was like, maybe two percent. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, all right, let's kick kick sh- it up. Kick it up, dude. Let's do this. And then he just comes in and beehives my head, dude. And he just hits me with like two or three combos. And I turn around and run. And I was like, okay, well, what were we at right there? And he was like, maybe seven to ten. And I was like, God, yeah. You know, just yeah. whooping me, dude. That's not
0: good. Nah. I, I sparred once with this woman in a, – in a, I used to take Krav Maga. And um, so we're in the spar class. And, uh, the guy, it was three guys and three girls and the guy set it up. He was like, okay, it's the, you two girls, you two guys. And it ended up with me and this girl. And, um, and, uh, I said to him, I don't feel comfortable sparring with her. Yeah. And he goes, put your gloves on. Yeah. So I turned to her and I go, Hey, just so you know, I'm sorry if I beat your ass. Well, no, I said, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to hit you. And yeah. she said to me, I know. Now what I thought she meant by, I know is. I know you're too much of a gentleman to hit me. Yeah. What she meant was, you're never going to come fucking close to me. Yeah. She <laughs> whooped my ass, I dude. love it, dude. Whooped my ass. Threw a couple leg kicks to my thigh where I was like, <laughs> well, I can't fucking stand on my leg anymore. She whooped my ass, <laughs> dude. And that's when, by the way, I was like, you kind of like, there's fighting, and then there are the people who were like, oh, they know how to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so Jimmy... Knows how to fight, a fight. Yeah. But I think And correct me if I'm wrong But I th- didn't I see Hop Hop is a strong dude like, Oh didn't he's he th-
1: like a silverback gorilla
0: Yeah he I mean I remember one wrestling match It seemed like two or three dudes were on him And he was just kind of tossing people around <laughs> Yeah Like a uh, fucking There's
1: you. definitely like a He tore my ACL He did? Yeah we, we got in uh, It's funny We just had the uh, The first time since this whole thing happened We had the like recalling of what happened that night uh-huh. Like two days ago and our stories are completely different. How long ago was this? Uh, six, seven years ago. And this is the first time you've... Yeah, we, well, we, we kind of talked about it, right. but I talked about it on my own. Yeah. And he probably tried to never talk about it because it was a bad night for him, you know. Uh, basically, it just took... It was me being a complete jackass and drinking too much and just being like... Did he throw you, he's threw my, you down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> thinking that he's like my big brother that yeah. I want to like play with you know what i mean or whatever and he's like big brother no play (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) big brother smash yeah
1: yeah totally and what
0: how did how'd your knee get fucked up uh
1: we wrestled in the hotel and uh somehow my leg got tangled up up under it and um uh, i gave it hell though i will say for being as drunk as i was i uh was pretty proud of myself until i lost (laughs) <laughs> you know what i that's mean that's how it usually goes yeah, by the way yeah. you're
0: usually going pretty I mean, well yeah until, until you lose, lose. Yeah. and then yeah. you're like that wasn't that great yeah. yeah so
1: check this out you guys you got your girl thing um we don't play jokes on each other but we will definitely let the other person drowned in a social situation love that so like we were in mexico and this guy comes up to clay uh, and we're the band down there you know like everybody comes down there to see us and we're in this resort uh the Hard Rock Cafe Resort yeah, or whatever yep. or, or Hard Rock Resort and You're in uh, Cancun? Yeah. Uh yeah, I think so. Uh, Playa Del Carmen or something. Maybe, like that. Yeah, I'm okay. bad with names and shit. But uh anyway, we're down there and this guy comes up and he's like, Man, the Zach Brown band was killer last night. And uh Clay was like, Yeah, man, you know, that was a good show, you know. He's like, Man, those some bitches can play, you know. And there's an older guy and you know, he's had drinks all day and yeah. all that stuff. And I go up to the guy and I'm like, You will never guess, dude this dude right here is in the band.
0: But you didn't tell him you were in the no, band? No. Hell oh, no. that's
1: a good one. Yeah, and he was like, Clay looked at me like, oh, God. <laughs> He's like, you're in the band? But he didn't throw me under the bus. He didn't? No, which I thought was classy. He like he just was like, okay, touche, you got me. Yeah. Because you know? he could have been like, this guy's in the band too, whatever. So anyway, we'll do that kind of stuff to each other. That's fun stuff. Like all day long. Yeah. So we were in Boston. This was like maybe five years ago. I think we were in Boston. But- uh, So, we're hanging out. We're at this bar afterwards, and this was back when, like, we would go out after the show and, like, go and grab drinks and all that stuff, because we'd never done this stuff before, you know? So, like, you're going to play Chicago for the first time? Like, we're definitely going out that night, you know, kind of thing. The seventh time you've been to Chicago, you're kind of like... Let's go back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, we're out, and about... This girl comes up. She's like, you guys are in the band, you know, and everything. I'm like, whoa, she's kind of intense, man, you know, like... (laughs) and she's like we're like yeah and she's like what are you guys doing and we're like we're just hanging out so we hang out and drink with her for like 30 minutes she's kind of annoying pretty intense you know like uh like a like a spicy bulldog version of Rosie O'Donnell or something you know like a Holy younger shit yeah.
0: that yeah uh. <laughs> yeah it doesn't sound great okay so
1: um you know, and and so because Rosie
0: O'Donnell is a spicy bulldog <laughs> version of Rosie O'Donnell, like a younger, yeah. more <laughs> gymnastic. Wow, a little yeah, more yeah. agile. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. all right.
1: And so um, we're hanging out or whatever, and uh, and I'm like, this girl's getting on my nerves. We gotta leave, man. You know. And so I look at Jimmy and I'm like, let's go, dude. So me, Jimmy, and Hop uh, leave the bar, and uh, we tell her we're going to some place or whatever. And we kind of like went the other way. You know, we're going to take a ride out of the bar, you know, see you down there in a minute. She was like, okay, I'll pay up. I'll see you down there. We take a left, you know? like so. And we're in this district where there's like thousands of people and there's just no way you could bump into the same person again ever. Mm. So we go to this bar way down the street, you know, whatever. There's no way we're going to see her. She comes in and she's like, you guys said you were going to McDougan's (laughs) and you're at
0: McConnell's or whatever, and we were like,
1: what you know we we're just we're just hanging out like are take it easy you know
0: you, you nobody said how did you find us Yeah well
1: that was like kind of the next thing we all looked at each other like damn did she sniff us yeah. out like what the hell So we're hanging out or whatever and I get a drink and uh and she puts me in a headlock What Like out of nowhere she just we're hanging out and I say something and she's like no nah! like you she know, put you in a headlock? Puts me in a headlock. Little Rosie put you in a headlock?
0: <laughs> she come off the top buckle? No, she like
1: grabbed, put her arm around me. Like in a noogie kind of way? Yeah, in a total noogie oh, kind of way. She was no. like, she, I said something and she, instead of being like, oh, that's funny, you're awesome or whatever, she like grabbed me, bent me over and put me in a headlock. And whatever, and then like let me go kind of fast. And I stood up like I'd been baptized or something, dude. I was like, whoa. (laughs) And Jimmy and Hop looked at me and they were like, Oh, dude, this is so good. This is so good. And I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's don't do the headlock thing again, you know? Forty seconds passed by and she put me in another headlock. Mm. But this time it was one of those like cranked neck neck to the side like cranked up not kind noogie of. she gave you yeah, like, a muscle too yeah like like the the thing and so i like grabbed her elbow and like pulled it off of me and everything i stood up and i was like whoa 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 whoa! don't put me in a headlock before i could even How get out of funny that headlock she had put me in another headlock and by this time she's <laughs> fucking you up <laughs> trashing me dude and Hop and Jimmy Hop's like crying. Oh, I would have been laughing. Crying by this point. Because the girl's like five how five six. Five six, uh skinny. No, she looks like a gymnast. She looks okay. like somebody who's got was some like, muscles. Yeah, like kind of stocky girl, you okay. know? And uh, she's got this real annoying like um like accent too, you know, like a Boston accent, but the kind that's like Yeah, that's you know, super southern. Yeah, you're Susan like, Southie, oh, I mean. yeah. Super Southy. Oh God. Yeah, you know. And I stood up and I'm like, do not put me in another wham and she puts me in this is the third one by this time now is your face in her titties i don't know i can't yeah i'm kind of like jammed all up in it that's the last thing i'm thinking about though this right, is no, like but i'm not in the headlock and, so
0: it's the first thing i'm yeah,
1: thinking of no this is like how do i you know so because it's,
0: it's you're right now it's borderline embarrassing my buddies are jones but you're starting to get mad i'm starting to get you're mad. Starting to get mad. Because right now, you know that time where someone does something to you and you go, ha, okay. (laughs) But the next time you're like, ha, okay, you're starting to get mad. This is the
1: third time. So this is where I get up and I'm like, if you put me in another headlock, you know, I swear to God, and I I started, I was like, just leave. We don't want to hang out with you. Nobody wants to hang out with you. And then I I, I hurt her feelings. You know what I mean? What was
0: the point of the headlocks? Just Just trying to fit in. Yeah, just trying to be like
1: buddies or whatever. And so- I was like, just leave. We don't want to hang out with you. Don't put me in another headlock. Like, I don't know how you found us, but just like, leave. You know, like, just this needs to be over with. Wham! I'm in another another headlock. headlock? I'm in another headlock. <laughs> I wrestled in high school, like placed fourth in state. Like, I know how to wrestle, and but this you shit can't was so her. fast. It was so fast, though. Oh, you mean she was? Sneak it was just like you. it was. I would be talking and still talking, and my head would be moving down. Well, she
0: was like a fucking master Dude, headlock. it was on. This isn't the first headlock and she's so
1: given. so I reached around and grabbed her leg and, like, squeezed her leg to, like, get her off of me. It was, like, no feeling at all, you know? So then I reached around. Muscles like, on the leg? Yeah, I reached around and, like, pinched her arm. I'm talking about I can barely breathe. This isn't like... Uh,
0: Ha, 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 yeah, this, is, this is
1: like, this shit's is getting real. It's choking
0: me yeah. out okay. in front of my You're going to have to tap out. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. And, or break my neck. Yeah. You know, like, and so I grab her by the arm and I like, pinch her arm a little bit. And finally, I end up like, biting down on her arm a little bit. Like enough to where it's like, she can tell that I got like most of her arm in yeah. my mouth. And I needed her to get off of me. And uh, I stood up that, that next time and I was like... I cannot get put in another <laughs> headlock.
0: I don't know what will happen. But but if I get it up yeah. someone's getting arrested. So
1: I left my tab, my my credit card at the bar, the whole thing, and just turned around and walked out. And and then I waited I waited around the corner and uh, I called Jimmy and I was like, uh can you, you know, can you grab my tab or whatever? And they came out and they were they knew I was so mad. They'd never seen me this mad ever in my yeah, life before. Yeah. And they were like, trying to be, like, consoling about it. You know, they were like, dude, that was way crazy, man. And, like, every once in a while, they would, like, laugh a little bit yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, uh And then I ended up having to, like, laugh about it because it was... Because it was, it's
0: like, fucking funny? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But just seeing Hop, like, try to hold it in, he's not good at that kind of stuff. Dude, and just- he was like, she was, she was... She was, uh, I don't know what she was doing. She was beating your ass. I don't know what to you know? uh, say.
0: That's awesome. good stuff, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, from your perspective, he, tell me the story about us going to Ladue for the first time. Oh,
1: okay. So uh, we had this conversation. Well, first of all, we were in a van.
0: And my we had, minivan. Yeah. Well. I, p- I picked you up in my minivan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So that wasn't. Uh, well, one time we ended up getting in with Clifton Collins. and Clifton met us over there. And as we were going in, we had started playing this game of like trying to knock people's feet out from under them and all this stuff. So there's this whole line of like all these people waiting to get around. And we come barreling through this like red carpet entrance. We yeah. take pictures, like trying to knock each other down <laughs> yeah. and shove each other, like 13 year old kids. <laughs> yeah. or <something> like <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, when you're there, we're hanging out and uh, you say to me, I don't know why all these people have all these expensive shoes on. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And you're like, well, nobody looks at shoes in LA. It's like a total waste of like 700 bucks or whatever. And I was like, somebody in here has $700 shoes on. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think my shit costs like a hundred bucks yeah. at the most, you know, at DSW. Yeah. yeah. Dude. And he was, and you were like, uh, no, I'm serious, man. He was like, it's just about knowing faces. And I swear after that conversation, I, it forever changed my experience in LA. I think I would have caught on sooner or later, but it's amazing when you're there, how your facial recognition gets super heightened. Oh, yeah. Because you see people that are on TV Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, kind of like in everyday situations. You're
0: constantly, not only that, you're constantly looking to recognize somebody. Not only are there people you recognize, but you want that person next to you to be somebody you recognize. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's hardcore because it's like another part of your brain gets fired up yeah. more than you know. It's like that same thing when you like walk into the prom, how you trying to find out where your buddies are. You know, yeah. you like scanning the room. Like, oh, they're over in the corner over there. Cool. It's like you that same thing in your brain gets lit up when you're in LA. So anyway, uh, uh, you're like, I don't know why everybody pays for expensive shoes, blah blah blah. And I was like, you know. I was like, I totally disagree with you. I don't think that like LA is like that, you know? And you were like, dude, like it's from the shoulders up kind of lifestyle around here. Like that's all that matters for, for guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or for girls, I guess it's from the boobs yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever. And, uh, and so I was like, you're full of shit. There's just no way. I just totally agree. And you were like, I'll pull my nuts out of my pants and walk around here and nobody will know. And I'm like, I got $5 on it. And you were like, $200. And I was like, I could get $200 in like maybe three minutes. Yeah. So I turned around and talked to the guys like, Josh is going to pull his nuts out. We're going to pay him $200 and he's going to walk around. And we were like, for how long? And you were like, 20 minutes. And we were like, $250. <laughs> we we are going to throw in a bonus round, you know? And so uh we had the money in like seconds. I mean yeah. everybody in everybody the band was in. Yeah, everybody yeah. in the band threw in like ten bucks just yeah. to be like, okay, this is crazy. Yep. But then what got weird is you like you pulled your nuts out and then you stood and hung out with us and we're like, no, mother, you can't you yeah. can't we're not trying we didn't pay you two hundred and fifty dollars to show us. But then I
0: walked around, didn't
1: I? Then so we were we were like, you gotta you gotta go away. Like, yeah, you can't hang out with us with your nuts out. You know, that's not cool. So then you ballsy Walked around this entire, and this is like a club in LA called Ledoux. It's like an outside where you would see like Paris Hilton, yeah. like back in the day, yep, kind of yep. thing. You know, this it is was like packed. Yeah, it was packed, yeah. but it's like the hot chicks, and like it, this isn't like some cool bar no. This is like legit super hot chicks. You know, everybody's got on, you know, thousands of dollars worth of clothes except for as us, as, except for us. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, you go up to this dude and captain morgan him
0: I captain morgan posed with my nuts out
1: yeah and he ended up being a guy who was faking uh, do you remember this uh-uh. as an american idol winner this guy was was trying to be the redheaded guy with the beard who won american idol like 6 years ago oh
0: i don't remember
1: anyway he looked like that dude and was telling everybody that he was him and you were over there having a conversation and you came back like I just talked to this
0: guy from American <laughs> Idol with my balls out. Danced around the, I danced around the dance floor. Dan, not one person noticed. Nuts not out. one. I, Full, Twenty minutes. Nuts out in a pack club, dancing with people, talking to people, leg up on the fountain. Captain Morgan from motherfuckers. Yeah. Not, not even one. one noticed. No, and and I have nuts. Like oh yeah, they're nice. Yeah, they're not. That's not like a terrible little like. They're not Trump nuts. No, they're, like, they're hanging yeah, nuts. Yeah. I will tell you, man. Like I told you, my buddy and I used to. We call it hanging brains. Yeah. And we used to go into bars and to see who could do it for the longest, and whoever did it for the longest got free drinks. And we, so, we we would. I, there's uh,
1: no way I could do that.
0: My friend put his nuts in a woman's purse while he was talking to her at the bar. And I was like, Hey man, you win, you win. Like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I, you got the drinks. Yeah. You fucking tea bagged her purse <laughs> in so the hard. fucking bar. Uh, I, but so yeah, man, like it's interesting. I also
1: that like about a month or two later, we were back out in LA and, uh, I didn't eat. So we were back out at this club yeah. and, uh, we were in this like horseshoe section or whatever. And I didn't eat for for the day and had like a couple of drinks and uh, I hadn't been drinking much water. So I realized like, man, I'm like starting to get kind of like slurry, you know, after like two drinks kind of thing, three drinks maybe. Uh, So I like, I need to get some water and eat some food before, you know, this just gets where I'm not, you know, where I want to be or whatever. So uh, I decided to take a step outside of this circle of people where I was at Uh, And I leaned over, but I stepped on this girl's foot. Mm. But when I went to retract my foot to where it already was, I was like leaning at an angle to where there was no way of recovering my balance. And when when I put my foot back to where I was, I fell and face planted this chick right in the crotch. I mean like hard, like boom, right in the crotch. I try to catch myself, so I throw my arms up, almost pull her entire dress down, and, like, where her bra's showing and everything. And then I fall between her legs. And and the whole time, I'm just like, what just happened? And Wyatt's the only person who saw it happen. And he's, like, crying about the whole thing. And then she screams while I'm up under her, like, like <laughs> spread out across the floor like yeah. I fell out of a tree. She's like, stop touching me! So the whole party turns around. Oh, no! And it looks like I'm this creepy dude who's, like, crawling all over or whatever. But... It was like I fell out of a tree into her crotch. Can like, I
0: tell you, she has told a story before, and she started the story with this. Can I ever tell you about that time that dude head butted my pussy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was yeah. more like
1: nose butted. Like it was like straight Went eyeballs, in like straight yeah. MMA. Yeah.
0: Do you watch MMA? Oh, totally. Do you know what? I watched like. I, first of all, I could never do it for a myriad of reasons. I'm too much of a pussy. But also, as soon as somebody's kind of like sweaty asshole was in my face, I would tap out. So we've been doing jujitsu
1: on the road, and Jimmy's. like— Have you really? Yeah, he's, I hear Jimmy's. Jimmy's good at jujitsu as well, and he's been showing me because I wrestled in high school, so I'm well aware of like a good part of like how you know MMA works. Yeah. You know, jujitsu is a different thing because in. In Greco Roman style wrestling, you don't want to get on your back, that's where you lose a With point. Jiu-jitsu to but jujitsu, that's where you're safest is on your back, kind of you know. So, uh, and he started teaching these moves, and then you like literally have to like sit on him, you know, like have your junk all on his like yeah. ribs and yeah. stuff, you know. And we got cups on and we're wearing pants and all this stuff, you know, but uh, or shorts or whatever else. But you know, the first time it happened, I was like,
0: Whoo. yeah, you yeah. <laughs>
1: I play violin beside you every night. Yeah, you sleep in the bunk right above yeah, me, yeah. and now and my now nuts, nuts are on are my stomach. On my yeah, you know? like and it was and I looked at him. I was like, "Is this does this ever not get weird, dude?" And he was like, "Yeah." After a while, it's just he's like, "I know, man. It's just whatever." And then he like kind of does this move, and I like fall over, and I'm like, "Okay, show me how to do that." Yeah, you know, well like,
0: I'll, I can look past the nuts on my stomach if I can yeah, do that to I somebody. Can,
1: like, if I could, yeah, do some of the. It's pretty easy. There's like a handful of moves. You know, there's like maybe ten moves, and the rest of the other forty or fifty, a hundred moves or whatever are all kind of based off of some derivatives off of those. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Once you get like these ten moves down, you're like in the game. You're definitely gonna get stomped in by a black belt, but somebody else who knows these ten moves, you can have fun. You know?
0: Yeah. That see, for me, like that sparring at Krav Maga really did prove to me, like. Oh, there are people who kind of know how to fight and there are people who are thinking to themselves, I'm going to throw this. So they throw this. So I throw this. So they throw this and it's then just, I can yeah, knock man. them out. Yeah. And I don't even like, that's not where I'm at. Yeah. My first thing is, man, I hope this doesn't hurt. That's my whole thing. Yeah. My first thing is, this is where I make my money. Yeah. So Papa doesn't want to get hit in the face. Yeah. So I'm doing everything I can to protect that area there. Yeah. And after that, we'll work back from that. She gets you a good headlock going, dude. Yeah, dude. I wish I could call her. <laughs> I wish I could call Do you know, I when I uh, split from my ex, I, one of the things that I had decided I was going to do is I was like, I really want to kind of Noah's Ark women. Like, I don't wanna, I don't want to get married before I'm like, oh, no, no, I had sex with someone who looked like that. Right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. that was one of my things. Because yeah. I'm one of those guys, like, when people are like, do you like this? I never say no not, if I've never done it. There's a
1: lot of flavors out there too. I mean, it's like I, when you start being a dude, you can start like going.
0: Do you what short blonde ones? Yeah, tall. You I, know. I I did more like I, but this I Southeast Asia kind of. I dated a like a like a muscle woman. Oh, she had a little. She clearly took some tests. She had a little deeper voice than she probably should have. But hold but
1: on, she, I wish you could see my face. Yeah, right I know. Now.
0: But she had like
1: muscles, dude. Like it. hold on, man. Like what kind of muscles are we talking about? Not like bigger
0: muscles than you have in the same. We're in the same ballpark. She, dude, her arms.
1: You got some. I mean, you, you dude, work out a little her, bit. You got her some guns. arms.
0: Her arms. She, she was so vascular. dude. <laughs> and let me tell you something else. You know what else she had that I don't that I decided that night that I don't like. I don't need a six pack on my women. Yeah. Smooth I mean, stomach. Yeah. But if it's like, do you ever see like Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah, with like, yeah. and now the Crusher, and yeah. the wrestler comes out and he makes those muscles and it's muscle upon muscle, yeah, yeah. like so when we started going at it, and like I put my arms, she smelled like a dude, she smelled like cocoa butter, nice, like tanning oil. Yeah, when I put my arm around her and I felt like her lats come to that, and you know there's like that valley in the middle, yeah. where the lat, like where the back, and I'm like oh no like I (laughs) I was like first of all I can't have sex with her on top because if I grab that back I'm gonna I'm gonna be it's gonna take me out do you know what I mean so how when you say dated
1: is this Mm, like a like a month kind of thing or like uh, night and a half
0: (laughs) the first night we went out this is no joke the first night we went out somebody spilled my drink we were walking by she was like hey you gonna apologize and I was like whoa whoa (laughs) whoa Calm down, though. <laughs> I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen later in bed, but this can't happen right you here. You go up to the
1: dude, like you're going to kick his ass. She's like, look, she's pretty violent, man. You're going to need to step away from
0: Dude, it. <laughs> can I tell you something? He says to her, what? And I go, I got this. And I go, it's, it's all good. It's all good, man. And he goes, okay. And she goes, it's not all good. He spilled your drink. I'm like. Oh, we got, <laughs> yeah. take, it, take it down a notch. Yeah. Like I'm glad to know you got my back in a fight. But
1: don't get me in a no
0: fight. in a fight that you're gonna have to win for me. But there's dude, a friend she was- of ours
1: who has this story of, uh, and it gets told like a pretty good bit, but about how uh, this guy was hooking up with this girl, and she was like, uh, like kind of aggressive, you know, like you know, like slap me in the face kind of thing, yeah. you know. And he was like, okay, you know, all right, so. He like, you know, like kind of just you know, swatted her a little bit or whatever. She's like, no, like slap me. And he was like, you know, then she was like, started cussing at him and being like, you know, I said, you know, and, and he was like, all right. So he like slapped her, you know, and she was like, yeah, 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 harder. And he was like, next thing you know, he's just wailing on her, kind of, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so she ended up like they got to where they were like trying to, like, she was on top of him and she was trying to like hold him down or whatever. And he said that. You know, like she was like he was like bridging up, yeah. Like and her arms were straight and his arms were straight, and she was like like standing above him, kind of thing. And he was like holding her whole weight up by his arms or whatever. And finally, uh, she like his arms gave out and he dropped down, and she like flipped over his leg and like bent. And he's this guy's butt naked, right? Like you know, oh, they're, they're rolling around on the bed. Yeah, yeah. And she like pinned his legs over by his head. Oh, whatever. Oh, no.
0: So his <laughs> yeah. dick is pointing at his face?
1: Yeah, and his... Uh, his
0: asshole straight up in the air? Yeah. Just why? she whited. go in? <laughs> he said... Did she go in? No,
1: he he's, he said the sl- the slogan that comes from this his thing is, is, put my legs down now! <laughs> yeah, yeah!
0: <laughs> because when you're like that also, if you're hard, your dick is pretty close know, to your man, face. I man.
1: I think there's a whole other thing going on besides worrying about, like, if you're... Uh, you have an erection or no no not.
0: well here's the thing here's what has to happen right so you're back like this your dick is close to your face <laughs> and then your asshole is wide open for, for the taking right for like it, yeah for whatever whatever <laughs> close to reach? there yeah. yeah like that's a hell no somebody asked me the other day as a joke when you're in the shower do you ever spread your cheeks and wash your asshole and i go let me tell you something even in the shower alone I never bend over and spread my cheeks because I'm, I feel too vulnerable. I just feel like I don't know if somebody's going to pop out of the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with three older brothers. Like, I don't like leaving myself in vulnerable situations and bent over with my ass cheek that's spread. Pretty,
1: that's pretty hardcore, man.
0: It doesn't get more vulnerable. Like the shampoo bottle is going to be like, Ahh. I've been waiting for this.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. pert my ass. Here we go. Um, all right, dude, we're at basically past two hours. So we let's do this. One last question for you, and then we're going to get out of here. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Sorry. There are people asking me why. If I'm doing my spot tonight in L.A.
1: (laughs) Long ways away from L.A.
0: All right. Um, Because I'm always curious about this as a performer and as an artist. um, Because I'm sure you've hit a couple of your bucket list places to play. Yeah. Yeah. We right? were talking
1: about that earlier we, and yeah. we But have you slid.
0: is there a spot for you where where you were like this is was there ever a show you guys played where you're like, Oh, this is as good as we sound like we fucking Because I imagine with so many pieces, how many off notes do you play in a show?
1: It's just according to where my head is. Sometimes I don't play anything that I don't feel good about. And there's other nights to where I feel good, but I it's like I feel like everything is you know, my rhythm feels weird. You know, everything is just kind of like I I don't feel like I'm in the pocket as much as I want to be or whatever. So
0: can you think of one night where you're like the band? I'm and, and a, every night I've seen you, a couple shows at Red
1: Rocks were really, were really killer, and all the Fenway shows. The Fenway is has now become like our. Why do you think that is? It's just the vibe Boston man. I wear a I wear a Boston hat, Red Sox hat all year long just because of I don't even watch baseball. I know. You know, but just because of the vibe of Fenway and the and the Boston fans and like the every year that's kinda like the highlight of the of the whole year and the whole show, you know, and the experience uh and the tour, you know, it, it all comes down to kind of like going there and, and the fans react in a certain way. There's this like legacy of Fenway, man, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like there's, and, and growing up being a fan of baseball and collecting baseball cards and all that, you know, that park has just got this mojo to it. And then there's, there's something that's really interesting about playing baseball fields is they're set up like perfect for large concert viewing. It never feels like the people in the stands are like so far away
0: like in a stadium,
1: yeah. Or you know, even though this is a stadium, it's a baseball stadium. It, there, it just there's something about it that feels right. It feels like it's set up right, you know. Whereas like a lot of times, to where you're playing uh, like a uh, football stadium, like the fans that are on the side are close to you, but the fans that are in the very back are like way, you know, yeah. you're on the seventy-five yard line, and they're you know way back there in the stands, you know, so. The person who's directly in front of you, kind of who you think you're playing to mentally, is like 120 yards away from you or something like that. Is there a, a perfect basement?
0: size for you? Do you do you think it can get too big, or is there a perfect size for you where you're like, if I had, if I could play every night in front of this amount of people? Or does it matter?
1: I don't know, man. I just think as long as we keep playing and the fans keep having the experience like you talked about the other day where people around us are like emotionally invested in the show and can hear the music and, and all of that, you know, uh, the more the merrier. If it ever gets to a point to where it's like, you know, uh, we, we went to see these guys play, but they were like little ants down there and we couldn't hear them. Good thing is technology is pretty awesome now. Yeah. So they have, like, time-delayed speakers and all this stuff. So, you know, you're you're hearing, like, and we we put a lot of money into our speaker system that we carry around with us. We literally have, like, the best speaker system you can buy. So, uh, and, you know, we, we put extra money into that so that our fans are getting, like, the best sound that they can get, you know? So, uh, so if it ever gets like that, then, you know, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, I think it's one of those kind of things to where, I'm on this on this journey and this this ride, and uh, there's some there's pluses and minuses to any kind of success to this level. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, um,
0: do you miss playing in bars? I still
1: go and play in bars. In my like, I'm, I'm playing Northside Tavern on September twenty third with my band, and uh, I'm gonna load in my gear. I'm gonna carry in my amp on my own. You know, I mean, I'm gonna plug my own microphone in, and uh, I'm gonna rip it. And you know, it's gonna be yeah. badass, and we're gonna slay the whole drunk ass bar you know and probably end up drinking too much while we're there you know like once or twice a year you just got to go for it you know but uh yeah so I mean I get a little bit of it and it keeps me humble because it keeps me knowing like you know how hard it is to do this stuff and kind of full circle back around to you know the whole idea of other country musicians and everything you know what we were talking about earlier you know it's like it's hard, man. It's hard to get this thing off the ground. It's almost impossible. Like when I go and talk, I teach class at uh Kennesaw State. I teach a music business class up there. Really? Yeah. Um and I'll go and talk to the kids and it's, it's kind of like the thing we were talking about with my dad. I can I have this preacher kind of thing that I can do where I like I believe and I can make you believe too. You know what right. I mean? Like whatever it is that you want to do in your life, like I can look at you and go stop screwing around. And take this shit seriously and dive in you're young bite it by the bone and don't let go until you get it mm-hmm. you know what i mean i can do that into people and i feel like they vibe off of me and they get what it is that that means and i enjoy doing it because there's been some moments in my life to where i've had people do that to me and i left there going you know what like it's it's on dude you know it's, it's time to go it's time to do this you know
0: Can I ask you on a personal level, because one thing, and he won't listen to this, that I'm having, I'm struggling with my son Jacob, is he's, and I don't, because Beth and I are, neither one of us are like this. He's a little scared to fail, which is a tough way to go through life, because to me, you have to fail to succeed. Yeah. So he's scared to put himself, and this is, and I've asked him before, why? I go, "You, you know, and he said, he basically said to me, and I want you to know, if you've ever told that to your dad, You should, because what my son said to me, he's like, it's got nothing to do with you. Like, I know that you have my back. He said, you said to me once, there's nothing I could ever do or say that would make you love me any less. And he said, and I think about that every time, every day that I know that you'll love me no matter what. And he said, and that's important to me. He said, but I don't know why I just can't, I'm too scared that I'm going to embarrass myself. What can I, what am I missing, dude? Do you know what I mean? Because that's not yeah, in my nature it's at one all. Of those
1: kind of things, to where, you know, <clears throat> I think it, I think there's a couple of different parts to that that end up breaking up how to do that. I think it's um, like a little bit of um, the way uh, kids go about things these days. They're pretty manipulative, and it isn't. There isn't the struggle like like your struggle. With, you know, your financial, which I mean, you know, neither one of us are driving around and, you know, in extra Bentleys and all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know what I mean? But we're also not scraping to, you know, collecting, you both know, grew I've rapport. read your book, so you, you know what that's about, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but there's also this thing to where it's like, you know, my parents didn't have any money and there wasn't this level of comfort. So I had to like, I had to kind of fail. I had to like move to Atlanta three times and try to do it on my own. Whereas there's a little bit of security that comes along where, you know, he's probably okay if he just hangs out at the house for, you know, a month or two, you know, and then that's, that's, they find this kind of comfort zone because like millennials, I guess, are, are, they're finding that they're staying with their parents more. They're living with their parents longer. They're going to college and they're coming back and staying with their parents, which I'm not sure if that's good or bad. You know, what I mean, I, I I don't really know. I mean, I would assume that it there's pluses and minuses to it. You have a stronger family, you also have a weaker kid. Yep. You know what I mean to a certain degree. Uh um the only thing I would say is is just like kind of be a little tough love on them in the direction of you got to pick something and you got to do it. You know what I mean and and not let them find a way to where it's like, "Well, I I got a cousin and this is and I'm dealing with this with him." Uh, I love this dude. One of my favorite kids ever. But he's learned how to be really manipulative through life. And he learned, he's put so much time and energy into in playing his parents Yeah, to where he's gotten so good at it that he can just kind of, without them knowing, because they, they got other kids, they got bills, they got a house, they got other lives to do with. So they kind of don't realize that he's playing them. But from his point of view, mm-hmm. I look at him and I'm going – Oh, you got this thing wrapped up, dude. Instead of going out and getting a job, you'll just tell them that you're looking for a job and that'll give you another week. And then That's you know, what's happening right now. And then the next week you're like, you know, I'll I well, that one didn't turn out. I got this one. I'm going to another interview. And you love them, so you keep getting the thing, and next thing you know, it's been six months, and then it's been a year. You know, and I looked at him and he got in a little bit of trouble which caused the kind of microscope to come down on Mm -hmm. him. If he wouldn't have gotten in trouble, he probably, um, and it was just petty dumb shit that he got in trouble with. But, you know, and I I have these long conversations with him. And I'm like, when people say your name, I ask how you're doing. And they go, well, you know, and I was like, you don't want to be that dude. Mm -hmm. You want to, when people ask how you're doing, you don't want to go, well, he's been at the house for a while. He's figuring it out. You know, that kind of stuff. You want to be like, yeah, man, he's killing it. He's got this, this, and this. I was like, because you're at this point, you're like 20, I think he's 22, 21 right now. 21, 22. And I was like, you're going to realize that next thing you know, you'll be 30 years old. And at 30 years old, you won't have accomplished stuff because you're going to be have been manipulating the situation to where you're going to have this kind of like C minus job. And you're gonna have this kind of C minus lifestyle, and I was like, "You see how I have my my house set up? I have a studio. I have all this stuff. It's all this shit I busted my ass for. Mm-hmm. You know, like day in day out. I was like, I know you think I'm riding around on the bus signing autographs, and you know, because that's when you when he comes and sees me, he sees me at the shows, and I'm doing that lifestyle, right. you know, and he thinks that I'm just like walking around on a cloud. And I was like, but, and I talked to him through what my days like how I didn't get sleep for th- four days because we were doing this crazy traveling and I had to be around all these people. And, you know, and then this thing happened. And then I got home and, you know, the basement had flooded or whatever else. And I have all Life this. Life shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just what I'm dealing with. And then I start telling him, the proof is in the pudding. If you're going to get a job, why don't you have one? I was like, you know, and the cool, a cool thing happened with, for me to give him an analogy, there was in the in the college right next to my hometown. My mom used to teach at this college. She was a financial aid director of it later on, but it's this junior college right next to my hometown. This kid, first uh, person to go to college in his whole uh, family, mm-hmm. lived like I think an hour and a half away in this really small rural town. He grabbed his tent and his bicycle, drove you know what four hours on a bike you know because uh, an hour and a half drive in a car doing 60 miles an hour or whatever, put up his tent in the back parking lot of his college, and the cops found him back there and said, what are you doing back here? He was like, I don't have anywhere to live. I don't have enough money. All I have money is to go to college, so I'm going to college. And so they went and got him a room. You know, really? The cops paid for him a room. It ended up spreading around the news medias, and I think he ended up getting on Ellen, and she ended up paying for his college. That's amazing. Yeah. But this dude, and I was telling my cousin the other day, I was like, you got an awesome family. You got all this shit going on for you. And yet you don't have a job. Here's this kid who has nothing, you know, doesn't have, you know, anything, a pot to piss in, Harley. Yeah. And he's, you know, whatever it takes, you know, and he was like, well, I don't, you know, if I get a job, then I'm you know, do this. I was like, dude, wake up at five 30 in the morning, get on your bike and drive to your job, and make some money, and come back, I was like, that will teach you more in that lesson right there, but there's there's this kind of like, I don't know how you make somebody have that kind of drive.
0: I I, I don't think you can, that's the problem. I, th- I, th-
1: I think you can, but it has to be from a, you have to, because I'm hard on this dude, I tell him I love him, and I tell him that I'm proud of him for, you know, calling me, uh, but I I shoot his shit to him straight. I'm like, dude, you're manipulative. what does he say to you? He he listens. He doesn't. He'll call me back. He he doesn't like the other day. He called and was like, I don't know if I need to go to school or I need to get a job. And I'd already wrung his ass out a couple of times for being lazy and all this other stuff, you know. And this same conversation, I had another one. I was like, you need to get a job. And he called the other day and he said, I got two jobs, man. You know. So that I think yeah, I think it. I think he listens. And I talked to his his granddad and I talked to his his grandmother and his mom and dad. And I think it's like starting to affect him. But I'm like, dude, you can't be the guy when people say their name. They just go, well, yeah. you know, you don't want to be that dude. No. You want to be the guy who's like, yeah, man, he's killing it or whatever. I was like, because you're 21. It isn't like we're giving you a lot of chances. You had 18 to 21 to kind of get it yeah. in a forward moving direction if by now – then it's like it's a job it's either college or job by that point you know what i mean by 21 unless you got some kind of like thing you're doing my you know? thing
0: is just fucking try something i don't care if you fail i think you got to be a little
1: i think the the love thing comes in a in a, in a positive way but you got to kick it to him hard you got to kick it to him. what do you want to do man you're going gonna to be that guy who lives with me for the rest of your life?
0: He's got till January to be out of the house. Yeah. He knows that already. I'm like, listen, I'm, I am I. But I think it's good
1: for him. My, my yeah. mom and dad have talked to me, and I've had people. I needed that kind of shit when I was a kid. I was a button pusher. I had coaches come up to me and pull me aside in the hall and put their finger in my face and say, if I hear you laugh or try to make somebody else laugh one more time while I'm talking I swear to God, I will beat you up or whatever. <laughs> it scared the life out of me at like 17 yeah, or 18 yeah. years old. And that was what I needed, dude. I needed somebody to shoot it to me well, straight and I, be like, get your shit together. And cause the whole fluffy
0: But you know what it is for me? Thing is
1: it's hard, man.
0: I'll tell you, and then I and I know we gotta get out of here. The hard thing for me is there's a certain level of guilt, right? That's wrapped up as much as I love him and as much time as we have spent together. There's a certain level of guilt, like I spent every minute of every day basically with him until he was 10 or 11 years old. And then I started to go on the road. And you know, I would come back from weekends and I would swear he grew. And there were changes in him and there were stories that all of a sudden I wasn't involved with. Sure. And there was such a heavy guilt that I felt for not being there, right? So now that he's back at the house, I know part of it is my problem. Like you want him there. I want, be, I want him there, but I, I know that in a way I don't want to cripple him. Yeah. I don't want to cripple him.
1: Well, here's the thing with that. That's really awesome is that you can still have the connection with him that you have now. It's just got to be where you go over to his house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can still bro down with him. You can still, I'm not have going lunch to the fucking shithole you know what i mean yeah you could just go over and be like hey let's go i'm picking you up we're going to lunch you know what i mean and have that same kind of interaction it's just not in a uh you know um you're giving him that
0: it's not in a, a codependent enabling, kind of way yeah. yeah kind of way um buddy we did it we did it and it's 3 30 exactly yeah tapping out you the man yeah dude later